It's a Friday, a freaky Friday. The internet. The internet. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Oh, Ben Kronberg here with us today. We're going to cook with comics today. It's an idea that I've had for quite some time, and I think this is going to be a great start to it. So happy to have you it's here. It's going to be a hit. Yeah, thanks for having this, me on The Modern Eater. This is what you, um, when you were growing up, this is what you had. This is basically when left to my own devices, uh, you know, my, my parents were divorced, my mom was single and dating, so I had the, the house to myself and the kitchen to myself, and this is what I would choose to spend my time doing. We can all relate. Funny, funny guy. You've seen him on Comedy Central, lots of specials. He's a local guy. We'll catch up to him. And you want to know what a food ghost is? We're going to figure that out oh, when we come back. Food, food ghost, man, that's hilarious. Uh, okay, we've got a big show for you today. We're going to hand it over to Jay. He's going to tell you about Aspen Baking, and then we're going to catch up with the Colorado Restaurant Association's Nick Hoover, the manager of government affairs. And we're gonna talk about what happened in that special legislative session. Then we'll catch up with Rich Schneider, Rockalita's Tortilla. Rich talks about putting a pause on business right now. Kind of take your chips, bring them in and push them aside to be able to play another day. So we'll catch up with Rich Schneider too. Uh, it's a good show, stick around. Thank you for being here. Jay Parker, talk about Aspen Baking. I can do that, and you don't want to know why I can do that? Because I love bread. I love a lot of things. I love meat. I love cheese, just like North. But bread is my go-to. AspenBaking.com, you guys. Since 1994, they've been making the freshest bread in the city. You want to talk about local, and you want to talk about supporting local? AspenBaking.com. Buy bread. It's delicious. It's, it's, it's the definition of local. And it, it, you, can't, you can't lose. Catering, uh, Amazon uh, Fresh, uh, however you want to get it, they'll get it to you. But... Just get it. It's bread. It's delicious. It's AspenBaking.com. Hey, Bill sign in COVID style. Okay. You can't make this up, okay. ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to put my glove on and, and hand in the bill, and it's a new law for Colorado. That's the new law for Colorado, and that's uh, the governor, Governor Polis, uh, signing the bill, uh, what he calls COVID style, and uh, just taking extra precautions, I guess, and uh, making sure the optics are absolutely there. Okay, let's jump to this gentleman right now, and Nick Hoover joins us, Manager of Government Affairs in the CRA, and appreciate your patience here today. Nick got a little late start, but we wanted to make sure that you're coming through loud and clear. Thank you for joining us. Well, I'm having a, a little problem with that now, Greg. So just if you would. With Nick's audio? Yeah, and it's not him. It's not Nick. Give me two seconds, man. You're good. Okay. It's a Friday. Oh it's a freaky my. Friday. There he is. Hi, Nick. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Oh, good to see you. Help us make sense of this. Here's the bill signing COVID style, and we saw the governor. But um, some bills passed through what the Colorado lawmakers in a special session in record time put through um, $342 million in coronavirus aid. Uh, obviously, we wish all of that would go to our local restaurants and small businesses. That's not the case. So you're joining us here today to help us break down how Colorado lawmakers did spend that $342 million. 
Uh, where do you want to begin with this? I guess let's just narrow in on what we're going to be able to have here uh, for local businesses and, and restaurants. Sure. So uh, there were really three bills that we're aimed at helping the restaurant industry. The first one I'd, I can talk about is House Bill 1004. Uh, that was a bill that would allow restaurants in the state of Colorado to retain a portion of the sales tax, the, I'm sorry, the state sales tax mm -hmm. that they collect for the months of November and December 2020 and January and February of 2021. Um, that bill allows restaurants to keep up to $2,000 of the state 2.9% sales tax that they collect um, each month. That it, so that's money going directly into their pockets that they can utilize to pay employees, to update their systems for contactless payment, to help heat outdoor patios or build outdoor patios, set up some sort of a delivery system, whatever they can do. Um, we know that, that $8,000 max isn't uh, going to be the savior of the industry. Um, because the industry is in such dire straits at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's what the legislature could do. Um, there's another bill, Senate bill, uh, which is also going to provide some some direct relief to the industry. Let's go uh, slow on that one. Those... So that, that was House Bill 1004, oh, sure. and that was sure. the, um, the tax break or forgiveness for two months. Is that right? It's interesting. For four months. For so four... No... Go ahead, Nick. So it was for, for November and December of 2020, uh -huh. and then January and February of 2021. Gotcha. Now, I've talked to a few restaurant owners and restaurant tours, and, you know, the real math on that is uh, 1000 bucks, you, you get 30 bucks. Is, is that math correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 2.9% of your total sales. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's if, A that restaurant, is. in order to hit that max of 2000 would have to do roughly $70,000 in sales a month. Absolutely. So, I mean, every little bit helps, but this isn't going to really take uh, a business that's in dire straits and, and bring them back to uh, uh, resuscitate them. Absolutely, not at all. Next bill, sir? Uh, the, next, the next big bill that the legislature worked on was Senate Bill 1. Uh, Senate Bill 1, what it provided for was direct aid to restaurants and a couple other small businesses in the counties that have the most restrictive guidance right now. So the counties in red, uh, they're the ones that are going to be able to apply for this aid that the applications for that should be ready sometime in January. Mm -hmm. And the money has to be distributed by uh, middle of February. Those those grants or the, the, that direct aid um, could be anywhere between thirty five hundred to seven thousand dollars it depends on how much uh money the the restaurant did in revenue in 2019. got it okay um continue on if you will sure so there were other small parts of senate bill one that um provided additional relief to the restaurant industry uh so the state provided money directly to uh the colorado department of public health and environment and the liquor enforcement division mm -hmm. so that for this coming year retail food so restaurants retail food licenses are the fee is going to be waived so every restaurant in the state normally gets a renewal notice right about now and they have to pay uh for the next year on by january 1 for their retail food license they're not going to have to do that this year the state's paying for that uh also once the governor signs this into law um 
from that day forward for a year, liquor, your next liquor license renewal is going to be paid for by the state as well at the state level. Still trying to see what that's going to look like for local liquor licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the state level, at least that will be paid. Mm. Okay. So, so those are just little, little teeny accoutrements, if you will. Um, some add-ons that they can do here necessarily. The overall consensus of the $342 million, where do you see the lion's share of that money going? So it was really split up between um, trying to help restaurants, small businesses, also trying to provide some uh, help. There was a broadband bill for schools um, so that those people in rural communities have the ability to access broadband and, and get Um, their kids in a place where they can actually utilize schooling. Um, There were bills to help with um, foreclosures and other things like that. It was the money, they were trying to focus the money on those parts of the state that really needed it the most right now, including our small businesses, our restaurants, their workers uh, and schools and a couple other areas. Yeah, if you're joining us right now, Nick Hoover, Manager of Government Affairs at CRA. Coming up, Ben Kronberg, and we'll also talk to William Stewart from Colorado Sake Company. If you don't have plans for this weekend, I think we've got something great for you. Little Rich Schneider is going to join us as well as talking about putting a pause on business. Back to Nick Hoover. Nick, I want to talk to you about um, just overall what you do with the CRA and Manager of Government Affairs. Talk to us about what that position entails. Sure. So in my position as, as the manager of government affairs, I focus mainly uh, now on the state, state advocacy work, whether that's talking to our legislators um, at the state level or is talking to state departments like the Department of Public Health and Environment or Liquor Enforcement. We've built some great relationships uh, with them over the years that um, have really paid out um, well for us uh, this year. Uh, with what's going on with COVID. I'm part of our government affairs team. We've got other staffers uh, here as well who, who work on, uh, like Molly Steinman works on our local government affairs. Um, but we're, we, we advocate for the industry to elected officials and to departments. Um, and then also uh, we work with our members on helping them to ensure that they comply uh, with, with new requirements or new regulations or new laws as they come down. Wow, you got a lot of stuff to do, that's for sure. Um, what do you feel the biggest gap is right now as we're kind of in a triage mode and your day-to-days last year this time obviously don't resemble your day-to-days right now. What do you think the biggest gap or issues that you're trying to, to bridge together at this point in time while we're in kind of a scramble state to make sure that you're doing the best you can as a li- liaison for the restaurants uh, and our, our local government? So it cut out a little bit right there, but what I can, what I can tell you is, I mean, right now our job, you're, you're quite right. We're kind of in triage mode around here, trying to make, trying to help restaurants wherever possible. We're advocating to try and get the five-star program set up um, so that counties across the state can utilize a program where restaurants do a little bit enhanced precautions Mm -hmm. and they might be able to get open. Um, We know We've heard so much from our members. The two things they need right now is cash on hand and increased capacities. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we're, we're pushed for wherever possible. Obviously, the state 
is doing what they can do. We're hoping that the feds come through with the $908 billion package mm -hmm. uh, that's being negotiated right now. Um, and then hopefully we can work with uh, the governor's office, CDPHE, counties, uh, and health departments in order to get this program set up so restaurants can start getting people back inside their restaurants. The, the, the most frustrating part for us is that the publicly accessible data that, that we've looked at mm -hmm does not correlate to us being to restaurants being cause of this current increase in cases and we're trying to to show that so that we can get these restaurants back up isn't that isn't that maddening nick isn't that just absolutely yes. maddening i mean one thing here at the modern eater we, we we're trying to really have uh two things that we're dialing in on as far as just helping the narrative the narrative is uh restaurants are unsafe which is completely not true. Uh, safer at restaurants is a hashtag that we've initiated. Um, so when we go around and we're trying to get as much video footage uh, in the field as possible to get around to restaurants, and it, it's amazing, Nick, you could perform surgery in most of these restaurants. They are so cleanly. Um, just the sanitation is bar none. These are professionals at what they do. And if you're going to have people get together, congregate and eat and drink, it's better to not do that in the darkness of alleys or, or uh, in an apartment somewhere with, you know, 30 of your closest friends. It's good to have experts around that are actually taking care of you and maintaining that. So that message is something that I know must be maddening for you guys uh, because it's just very logical. It's very common sense right now as we're seeing that. So uh, any push on that is fantastic to just get that narrative and awareness. Also, the, the, the awareness that we're trying to um, hammer home is another logical thing, is equality for businesses. A lot of people have a hard time and just um, w one of the quick correlations is we were at Sam's number three talking to uh, Alex and right across the street in busy Glendale, Colorado, you see the King Supers that does the most volume and people just packed in there and, and he's having a hard time looking across the street. And, and listen, he doesn't want any business to suffer, but you got to think of your own too. And it's really hard to be hamstrung uh, by something that seems totally, totally uh, bias towards these larger businesses and um, leaving small businesses and restaurants kind of left dwindling in the wind. So that's something business equality is a, a major issue right now. Yeah, we would we would agree with you on that point as well. It was um, you you couldn't believe the number of texts I got of full parking lot, full mall parks, um, and restaurants are closed for indoor dining. Um, so it's it's somehow safe to go into a mall with a whole bunch of people, but it's not to sit with your family inside a restaurant that it's hard for us to understand that. And like I said, the data just doesn't show it mm -hmm. publicly accessible data from the state shows that the number of people who get who have gotten sick in a restaurant mm -hmm. is less than two percent of the people that have gotten COVID. Isn't that something else? Okay, uh, just got a couple more for you. So you do a great job here locally, and we really appreciate your um, guidance and help as we navigate through uh, uncharted waters right now. But on a national level, the NRA, the National Restaurant Association, who are the folks that are put in place to deal with those jokers in Washington? <laughs> 
So uh, Sean Kennedy is the, um, I think he's the head of their government affairs program. I can't remember his title uh, right now. They've been advocating very hard at the federal level to try and get something done. Um, the, it's, it's astonishing that we've been in now, I think this is almost, is this month nine of the pandemic? Yes. And they've created only eight weeks of help um, for businesses in this country. I think it's time, they, I don't know, they have to get past the politics. They have to get something done. If they go home uh, without passing some sort of aid for this industry, mm -hmm. they are just completely missing the point and not doing their job. Yeah. And they've got a couple of weeks to try and get something done. Um, if, if the $908 billion package is a down payment on future work, future help, great. Mm -hmm. They need to take a look at the Restaurants Act they need to do something for this industry because this industry is in such a tight spot right now. If they leave without doing something, that is just negligent. Yeah, it certainly is. And I echo ex everything that you said there. Uh, they should know much more now as with the, the first go around with PPP and the idle loans, um, how those looked and where the money really was distributed and where it helped the most. Uh, right now, the, the second go around, I would really hope that they don't swing and miss and they get the aid goes to exactly the places that it needs to go. So as I leave you here, I want to talk uh, about that five star program because I know that that means a lot to you guys right now. And uh, that five star program, if we can get some of those in place and approve that it might be very helpful for restaurants. Yeah, the five star program started are out of Mesa County. They actually started it. Um, this summer, not as a way of increasing capacity, but showing businesses that were going above and beyond. And now it's gotten to a point where they can utilize increased capacity for those businesses that qualify for it. And we're part of a group that includes um, a lot of local health departments, a lot of um, counties, uh, chambers, and other groups that are pushing to try and make this program something that counties can implement across the state, because it doesn't make sense to allow only one county to do this. Um, we're also pushing for some changes in the proposal that um, CDPHE, the, the Department of Public Health and Environment, put out. Uh, comment period on that ends today. Hopefully, we can get some good changes to the program. Hopefully, it can be implemented in counties across the state uh, because restaurants just, they need to be able to serve people indoors right now. Mm. It's, it's takeout and delivery and sitting outdoors in, in winter isn't going to be enough. Mm, that's so true. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job. I know you wish you could do absolute more, um, but I think incrementally and piece by piece, it's, um, it, it's what we can do right now. So I know that the Colorado Restaurant Association would encourage people as much as that it'd be tempting for any type of pushback that there are ramifications right now with licensing and other qualifications for funding. So it's, uh, it's kind of like, okay, you guys, we, we're, we are, we say it all the time, we're in this together, we truly have to be, but um, internally there's one message that we all need to be pushing and that's equality for business and it's how safe our restaurants are and we appreciate everything you do at the CRA. Well, thank you, very, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, thanks so much. There he is, Nick Hoover. Hoover, he is a body remover. You got a little bit of that when you were a kid, didn't you? Rage Against the Machine with your last name. 
little bit of that Hoover Vacuum song, a lot of other things. I'll bet you did. <laughs> Nick Hoover, there he is, Manager of Government Affairs, the CRA. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. We needed to cover that and break down how that 342 million is dispersed. And really, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting testament of these breadcrumbs that are being uh, pushed out there right now. And, and it's just not enough uh, on a on a local level, that can't happen because obviously in Colorado, we can't do deficit spending. Uh, they can only do that on the federal level. So uh, hoping to be reimbursed for what they did do here with the $342 million. But again, that's just us here in our community trying to do what we can. We do need to take a break right now. You're here from some great local sponsors. I can't wait for this. I, Jay, I need this. I need this. Oh, it's been ben. so heavy. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, everything's been heavy, and then you couple in the, the universe and the internet. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm ready to we, freak out. Don't freak out, man. No. Uh, thank you for joining. And if you stuck through, I think the stream's holding pretty steady right now. Yeah. Obviously, every viewer counts. Share this, because I think you're going to really enjoy this. He's a uh, nationally acclaimed, uh, probably worldwide. I mean, hell, why not? Let's just make him a worldwide acclaimed uh, comedian and Ben Kronberg. I've been watching some of his stuff, Comedy Central specials. Really, really talented, funny guys. He's our very own here uh, from Denver, Colorado. Ben Kronberg's going to join us next. I can't wait to make his childhood sandwich when he was left alone. Gross. With his, you think it's gross? It's, I, I mean, listen, I told him on the phone earlier. I said, I'll Are you try, try it. I'll try anything once, yeah. but just, but, the, and I'm not going to say it's, but it, to me, I'm just saying. It sounds pretty gross. And then if you don't have anything to do this weekend, we've got the perfect idea for you. Mental health, laughing, taking care of yourself right now in a world that is just like, all bets are off. Let's just go get it. All right, play some commercials, come back, and Ben Kronberg right here. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey, you guys. Jay here with The Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram, and thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater, and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carryout is bigger than ever, and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carryout items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the ProCard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance,
insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. <laughs> skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's skivvies, man. All right, welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado on a Friday. That's right, a Freaky Friday as we try and get this stream off the ground. This is great because this is something that we've wanted to do for a while, and it's cooking with comedians, and we've got Ben Kronberg here with us. I want to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions here real quick, though. He's a man, he's a family man, and he's been in the business for a long time. What does he do? He installs those tap lines. You oh, know? nice. You need to have those faucets those for delicious great. beer. Do you drink beer? I drink everything. You drink everything. I eat everything. I drink everything. A equal opportunity. Well, brewers would want you to know that if they're brewing their beer, if they're brewing their sake, can you do sake in, the, in a tap yeah. line? Yeah, absolutely. You want a clean tap line. You though, do. Because I've had some stinky beers from non, you know, but they're the cheapest beers then usually. You know. So you don't want to complain because you're getting the beer for a dollar. Here it is. If you're pouring in a fish of beer, what are you doing, Jay? You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Well, you got to get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. Jeff Rourke, A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Okay, as a kid. As a kid. This is what your setup was, right? This was a very typical Saturday afternoon setup. Saturday afternoon? Uh, Saturday afternoon. Okay. I mean, I, I might make it after school, but sure. Saturday afternoon was when I really got my snack uh -huh. on. Um, my parents got divorced when I was in fourth grade, and I lived with my mom. And so she was single and kind of out and about and going to therapy and all these things. Yes. And so I'd have to fend for myself, and these were the ingredients that I chose to uh, uh, entertain myself with yeah what was in, in the fridge i mean i loved i loved like pizza burgers hot dogs things like that yeah um hot dogs were easy to make because you could pop them in the microwave sure but these were fun because they actually made you feel like cooking yeah. you know like because you're, you're you're on the grill and uh i don't know making something delicious little kids are like little ghetto cookers right because mm -hmm. they'll take anything figure it out they'll use exactly. an iron it's like how can i just make something and with what i have around kids are really uh, inventive where'd you grow up I grew up in uh, Colorado, like the north suburbs, North Glen, Thornton, Westminster, Broomfield. Okay. Because my parents were divorced, so I just kept moving around with my mom. We were in the witness relocation program because of what happened with my father. And um, I never know if... Is this a true story? Because I don't I, know whether to make fun of this. It could not. be. It probably is uh, to somebody, <laughs> but um, not you. But we, I, I did live a lot of different places. Then I you know, moved to Denver after I went to college in Boulder. Um, Boulder was too expensive to go to school and to live, mm -hmm. so I had to choose, and I, I moved to Denver, and that's when I started comedy and uh, cooking for myself on a regular basis. Fantastic. Yeah. So this weekend, there's a lot of cool things going on, but I think this stands out as being cool. You're actually doing sets right now in front of a live audience, which is... Yeah, I'm very lucky to have, yeah. have not only an audience, but a place to do comedy at, sure. and the Denver Comedy Lounge, uh, we, we've been uh, persevering and doing shows in... 
alleyways with garage doors open, whatever the regulations sure. are, we, we've adapted to them and, and thank goodness for Colorado Saki Company because we would, you know, we kind of have a symbiotic business relationship where, you know, it's multiple businesses helping each other out. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky and I'm not just saying that. Yeah. No, well, I, because, you know, a lot of, I, and I've seen comics try and do, have you done some Zoom comedy? I, yeah, I've done everything. I, I did uh, a zoo, you know, I would do daily Instagram live sessions, um, a, a Zoom talk show, yeah. a Zoom talent show. Uh -huh. um, and they're, they're fun. It, it's, it's nice to do, but I think like what you guys are doing actually has like a purpose and you'd be doing this and could be doing this even outside of uh -huh. what's going on outside yeah. of the pandemic. With, you know, adapting to the pandemic, I think it had that, you know, we're going into it kind of feeling like, oh, we're a little bit muted, you yeah, know, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the thing and, and the live performance, both for audience and I was gonna ask. And, and performer is like feedback this essential is, thing, yeah, you know, feedback is essential. So when you, when you can't hear laughs or you, you can only hear a few people laughing or you can hear a blender in the background because mm -hmm. that's the noise that's taking over the zoom. Yeah. It's, um, but it, that, that's one of the things that kind of gives you thick skin. So I think right now doing yeah. zoom comedy or just comedy online kind sure. of, makes you appreciate what you have, right? Yeah. And I think that's the best part of what's going on. It's interesting right as, now. As, as businesses are kind of paring down and getting lean and mean, I think you're in your industry is too, because if you can operate and, and create under those, that type of environment, you, when you get back into your element, yeah. you're just gonna flourish, right? Yeah, COVID is the new New York. You know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. You know, if you can make it within these, you know, constraints, I think. One of the things that I was seeing on um, one of your con Comedy Central clips was a food ghost, man. Oh, yeah. First of all, it yeah, I don't, I don't like to call them farts. I like to call them food ghosts. <laughs> the mystery. Dude, right? what was that? That was the ghost of pepperoni past. That's fantastic because it's so true. And, and you, you kind of look at it as a mystery, right? Now, do you actually do that? If somebody passes gas around you, do you try and figure out what they had to eat? I mean, you, you can guess usually like if you ate with them, like what was it, yeah. you know? Like ga I like to play a game called Guess What? <laughs> Um, and that's what now broccoli <laughs> has its own deal. Broccoli then. does. My girlfriend actually, she's like, she eats more vegetables than meat, and uh -huh. she thinks that meat gives you worse farts than vegetables. And I'm like, oh no, sister, oh no, that's right. oh no, that's right. Um, Let's dig in, man. Okay, so yeah. as a little kid, we all identify with, and whether you're coming home from school or I don't even know how it is these days. I don't have kids. Yeah, you, kid you're once. just like at home, <laughs> right? But cereal was big. You know, you, the breads and the cheeses were generally there, and it was really what was left over. Is this what was left over in yeah. your fridge to work I with? I mean, this is just kind of the staples. Um, white bread, of course, and, and, and people have, have come to their, their senses with, like, getting better breads. But really, um, there's certain, you know, there's certain weapons for certain fights that are more... Um, you know, even if it's not the fanciest, best one, it kind of, you know, you don't want to see somebody in a, in a shootout, like an Old West shootout mm -hmm. with a big machine gun. You know, you want things to be kind of like equal with the Absolutely. six shooter, right? So I think the, the white bread is kind of like a, a six, six shooter sort of bread. Of course, butter, um, you could use anything margarine. You could even use mayonnaise in, in you know, for grilling. Uh, we have individually wrapped uh, Velveeta here. The singles. Um, the singles are the best, you know, as far as the wastefulness concern with like people using too much plastic, I say F you, um, cause this, we're making a sandwich, not a statement, not a political statement. Uh, I, I've, we also have some peanut butter here. 
just classic. Crunchy you know, or smooth. You know, nowadays you get the separated peanut butter, the almond butter rather than the peanut butter. Uh -huh. This is the, the classic. I don't know if we can say the brand name. Sure. Okay, this Skippy. is this is Skippy, but the natural Skippy. But it already comes kind of pre-melted, so when we're grilling the sandwiches, you don't have to like wait a long time or even cover it up with a thing. And here's a, a real secret ingredient for the... Um, Here's a real secret ingredient. Now, you guys were a Miracle Whip family, huh? I was a, we not, were a I, 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 I was a both family. Um, so there would be mayo and Miracle Whip, mm -hmm. but Miracle Whip has that tangy zip that adds to um, what I'm going to add it to, and um, I guess I'll just show you. Uh, we, we've got two sandwiches we're going to make, because my sandwich is two sandwiches. I would make a grilled peanut butter sandwich and a grilled cheese sandwich, mm -hmm. and then at the end, cut them into quarters and alternate. Oh, sweet savory taste. like i, I was I kind like of a I, I ate like a whoa. <laughs> i ate like a i ate like a stoner i ate like as a, a kid as a nine-year-old I, I ate like a stoner um before i even knew what weed was so um you ate like a stoner before you were a stoner. I, before i was a stoner so what we're gonna do here is we're gonna take some uh now is this the first time as a comic that you've ever cooked as a comic um I, I've been on some shows that are that are cooking shows, like a cooking podcast, where we're talking uh -huh. about it, but you're not necessarily seeing me, sure. you know, because sometimes people don't, you, you don't want to see people. Um, so we're going to start with the Miracle Whip. We're going to spread that a nice, generous portion of Miracle Whip on one side of the bread. Let's don't, don't be shy, because if any if anything spills out, it just becomes a part of the grilling process, and there's nothing wrong uh, with joining the party even if it's late. And as a kid, you wanted more of the, you know, you, 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 you don't know, want dry. If you got a little bit of Miracle Whip, that's all you're using. But if you have a full jar, yeah. be liberal about it. Go even if it. you're conservative, be liberal about it. Um, I've pre-opened these just for ease of, uh, got the knife in the, in the, the, the stuff. I, I pre-opened these and these are real, you know, even Anthony Bourdain says that, that the best cheeseburger is made with American cheese. And if, if you don't, R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain and celebrate him with a slice of American cheese, then you, are, you, are you really a foodie? You um, just stacked those up? I just stacked them like up because that. they're already almost melted. What I was going to do also is add just a touch, just a touch. Kids don't like that. Kids don't like this, but adults do. And, and as I like to evolve recipes, um, I'm going to do just a, some dashes of Now, so far, this Tabasco. looks terrible. This well, you know what? Thank you, and um, <laughs> you're welcome. And then we're going to put that down Oh, there. I was going to say, is he putting butter side on the end? No, of, no, no, you can't no. We're gonna, and, and so what we're going to do is we're going to get the sandwiches set up. Um, Who didn't do this first while you were prepping, though? I mean, I love... Did everybody do this I love, a I love to do this little snack. And, and right now I'm trying to be sanitary uh, about it, but you can definitely... Uh, Contaminate the area. However, you, no, no, you just I'm eat sorry. it. I'm sorry. Just eat you it. You don't now, eat that. No, you eat don't that. Eat. Well, you just put it there like you're chewing gum in a steakhouse. <laughs> okay, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm. So, I didn't know there was etiquette. No, it, it's to fine. This. No, there's no etiquette. That's just all. Just all a good time when you're making uh, peanut butter, grilled peanut butter, and grilled. Now you sandwiches. grill the peanut butter sandwich. You're gonna, gonna, gonna grill the peanut butter sandwich because that that was a thing that I, I learned. Like I was having just normal, non-grilled peanut butter sandwiches, trying to eat them next to. A grilled cheese sandwich oh, and I was like sense. why can't I do this with that so um, we're doing that we put this on and before I do this oh yeah I 
got some vanilla extract, which is um, what you know, like kind of like you know, chefs kind of like uh, Fernet or something sure. in the thing. This is kind of like the the <laughs> child chef's Fernet, just a little Ew, you're just a little vanilla extract. Um, I dare you to hit that. And then, <laughs> oh, you're putting that me. in there. I'm gonna drizzle a little bit of vanilla extract, and it'll add just Listen, a little bit, a, a little idea. bit of sweetness to the peanut butter. And then, what I'm gonna do, do is take the honey. And we're going to create a honey scenario that gets caramelized up in the with grill, the butter. up with the grill bread. Eat. So a lot of people would put honey inside, which is fine, whatever you want to do. And now, now you just made that a dessert. This is kind of the dessert one, and I, you know, I'm more of a savory guy than a sweet guy. But if I'm gonna go uh, sweet, I think peanut butter and honey are uh, good. So I think uh, we're gonna take these right now and. Uh, pop them down Drop there them now butter on one side do you but, figure you just have enough butter well, on one side it's gonna no nope, that's why oh. i pre-cut some butter here to uh to do our future sides of butter <laughs> future sides. future sides of breaded butter <laughs> butter breaded you almost smell oh, it's, it almost smells like this white bread is sourdough maybe it's just old white bread well Wait, did you guys get this bread at the dollar store I, you know what, it, dollar it would qualify bread? for dollar store bread, but you know, it's just the cheap white bread, right? Which <laughs> kids love. Kids love that cheap white bread. Ben Kronberg. Yes. And performing tonight and tomorrow? Tonight and tomorrow, every weekend we're doing some early shows because of the, uh, um, the, the last call is sure. at 8 p.m. Yeah. Uh, typically comedy shows are, you know, start at 8 and maybe one will go at to 10 mm -hmm. or, you know, start at 10. Uh, but nowadays we have to start everything earlier, which yeah. is fine because people are. How are people holding up outside? What are they, are they coming bundled up? Are they coming in sleeping bags? How, how does that work? Out? Um, we, you know, we have a good. Because I'm not tough anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people wear Truly. coats, uh, but we have a great situation right now. We're in Rainbow Alley, which is uh, behind Exto okay. Event Center on 35th and Larimer, and they've got two long heaters along, you know, where the alley is, and and multiple. Sure. Uh, movable uh, yeah, heaters, the portable heaters. What do you call them? Portable heaters. heaters portable yeah. heaters. Yeah. Uh, so we're yeah they're they're being so nice to let us use those and uh, we're doing that and it's actually pretty warm. Sometimes it gets too hot back there. Yeah. Sometimes it's too warm. Oh, that's fantastic. How long's your set? Um, well, I, I typically host the shows, but uh, occasionally I do sets. The sets go anywhere from ten to fifteen minutes. The headliner does anywhere from. 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how many people are at the show. But this weekend, yeah. we have Anthony Crawford. Um, he's a Denver favorite. He's from North Carolina, but he's a super hilarious dude who's a friend of the show. And so he's headlining tonight and tomorrow night um, at 7 o'clock, doors at 6.15. Reservations? You can go to thedenvercomedylounge.com to get tickets, mm -hmm. thedenvercomedylounge.com, and you can get tickets there. We sell tickets in groups of two and four. Mm -hmm. Um, and we try to keep the uh, the sense. groups down, and everything is separated. The stage is 25 feet from the audience, like we're supposed to do. We're doing all the things right. We're doing it outside. We, you know, everybody wears masks when they're going up. Every, you know, doing it all right. But we got we got food, we got drink, we got. I was going to ask you, food and drinks available? Mm -hmm. Ab absolutely. So what, these what? these uh, seem about right. I I've barely looked at them. Ooh, that's and if not you look bad, at this, if you it, you know, I don't, I don't know when the last time you <laughs> grilled a perfectly grilled sandwich before without burning it. 
um, that I've been heating this. Uh, I see here. that you really have been stalking that because there's nothing worse than walking away or taking a phone oh, call. Oh, and then it, I mean, and I you like come charred. back and it, you do. I like charred things. I've oh, learned to like charred yeah. things. It's like you could you can look at it as a mistake or like as a discovery. Yeah. And I'd rather look at my mistakes as a discovery because that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah as a comedian, right? Yeah. In a day and age to where everything is just so disrupted and what's it like writing comedy or even being funny during a, a <laughs> global it? pandemic? Can well, you, can, <laughs> do you feel bad about, I mean, people have to laugh right now. I think it's very important. Yeah. It, I think people are laughing and I think you need also need to laugh about things other than politics and other than mm -hmm. the, the pandemic, which are things that comedians are joking about. But I think you want, you need the, um, you need the escape, you mm -hmm. know, not to sound uh, non-progressive with mental health, but you just need the escape of the reality and information For of sure. what's going on. And uh, Can you make jokes right now that create a little levity about, can you make pandemic jokes? Uh, you know, you could make pandemic jokes, uh, but... Too soon? Because there's always a too but soon But uh, typically they'd have to be inside jokes mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. Did, have you written any? That was, see, that was a pun that you just missed. <laughs> I just, a, I'm uh, thinking of my next question. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you laid on me again. Okay. Well, yeah, most jokes about the pandemic are inside jokes. Oh, that's, a, that's you know. I got it that time around. Now that's he got it. See, that's good. why, you know, it, it's, yeah. So, I mean, people are making jokes about everything. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, there's a lot of jokes that have been not told for a while or people are, you mm -hmm. know, thinking up right now that don't have anything to do with that. And yeah. I think that's the fun thing about going to see live, you know, shows right now. Because if you're, if you're watching Late Night with Seth Meyers or mm -hmm. SNL, they're all kind of talking about the same stuff, yeah. right? And I think with the, the live comedy shows, you're getting away from... Because they're doing it because of, you know, advertising dollars mm -hmm. and what people are clicking on. And when you're live, it's just that's the moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try. I'll try one. On. Jay's gonna kill me for doing this. Just a terrible pandem pandemic joke. But uh, as far as viruses pandemic. go, as far as viruses go, uh, it, it, at least AIDS gave you an orgasm. Here. Was that terrible? I mean, I wish I had written that one. <laughs> I uh, honestly. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> It's not can too, I? Can you write that bad. down for me, Jay? I want to see how that, you can have it. Man. I want to see how that flies. Actually, with I got that. I, I, I got that from Ben. Uh, uh, that was not an original Greg joke. I think, and it's interesting. You have to be able to, and and being able to. So, as a what's your what's your kind of niche as a you know middle-aged white guy? How much can you get away with? Guy. How much can you well, get away? It's not with? necessarily. It's who I am. It's not what I talk about. Um, I mean, how much, can, yeah, how much can I get away with? I, 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 I understand stuff. the question, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think it's kind of like the, it, everything is the context. So you can dress however you want as long as the context of the place that you're um, going is, is right, right? Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't wear, you wouldn't wear leather uh, S&M gear, you know, to go to church. But sure. if you wear it to a, you know, a dungeon, mm -hmm. it makes sense. So you, you kind of have to know your environment yeah. and, and kind of make decisions based on that. Um, but there's some social irony that you can't touch, right? Uh, perhaps. And, and many comedians, and I think it's the comedian's job to sort of put their hand to the flame, mm -hmm. as close to the flame as you can get it without, without burning yourself. And that's, I think that's a part of the thing, right? Like a skateboarder, to, to pull off any trick worth watching, has to fall down many times before they actually land that trick, mm -hmm. right? And I think the same is with comedy. And, 
you know, some things are just naturally funny and universal to everybody, but some... I was going to say, so, you some, keep an eye on some that. Some things are... Uh, some things are, look at that. I mean, that one's a little dark, that's but it's fun. Though. But that's not the worst. That's not the worst. We'll just uh, and turn as a little this kid, off. Boy, that's as a little perfect. kid, that's kind of good. Um, we want it crisp. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, that's the thing. You know, you're, you're going to have people watching you, especially with cell phones these days. People are going to, like, you know, secretly record you, and then maybe they post something. And the best part about not being famous mm -hmm. is uh, people don't care about trying to take you down as much. You yeah, might you yeah. might get some haters out there, but really, it's the people that are in the public eye, you know, constantly that that are kind of at risk for um, uh, taking the fall for something that they said, which is, you know, both a shame and a reality, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, I got into comedy and I started doing comedy because I, I could wear what I want and I could say what I want, and to me that was like the dream job, you know. I didn't have to wear a uniform and I didn't have to have some sort of like speech that. Um, you know, some sort of fake, fake ideology that I have to present myself with because of the, the job that I do. Um, but it, it doesn't mean that uh, I think I'm always right or, yeah. or I haven't said things that have uh, been mistakes. I like when comedy is used as kind of just that awakening or that thinker. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that hits you, but boy, that, yeah. there's some truth to that. I, the care and love that you've put in to these two sandwiches is beyond. We got, we got the peanut butter, and this is the, the honey side. You can see that honey side is really kind of saturated. I'm going to leave that up. And then we got the... Uh, honey side up. And we got this, and I'm going to take this nice Japanese sharp knife. It's a good if, one. If, Element if, Knife if, if Company. That's okay. Say thank you, um, Elon Wenzel. Thank you, Elon Wenzel. Thank you, <laughs> Elon Wenzel, for the knife. That's um, right. And we're going uh -oh, to cut in these here. in fours. Where's your mic? I'm gonna cut. Uh, I'm gonna cut the cheese one first because it's gonna be easier to wipe off. I'm gonna cut it into fours. Now is it melted appropriately? Um, I imagine it's it's yeah, it's bloody melted because it already actually looks really good. It already came pre-melted, like I said, in the individually wrapped thing, and you know it might could be a little bit more melted, but who really cares? Well, I care. It's all going in the same hole, you know. That's. That's what my dad always said. All right, here I'll come. be a food ghost at some my point. Mom. Okay, now we're going to, uh, we're going to, the peanut butter one, which is looking pretty good dessert style. Oh, we're going to have to clean this cutting board. I can't believe you would go board. back and forth on this. We're going to have to clean the cutting board. I'm sorry. And then here we do, uh, I guess we'll serve up, we'll serve up a little one like this. I don't really care about the peanut butter one, you, you know, don't, because you don't I think I want the peanut butter one. Well, I mean, that's just no. Me. You get okay, yeah. You have to try them both. Okay, yeah. I will, but I'm real curious to try the Miracle Whip and, and of cheese. Of course, one yeah. We're gonna give you the butter plate then, since you want that one. Sounds terrible. Um, we're gonna do this one for you, and this one for you. And there you go, sir. Thank and you, then sir. We'll Serving these up. See how that goes, mm. and then I'll I'll put mine in a bowl, because. That's just the way that it I goes. I just came over here to do this because I got one left for ask. Will. Yeah, I don't really want to do this. Well, you have to. Are, you, are, are we to. doing the uh, the cheese one? Let's try the savory first, right? I'm doing the cheese one. You, right? What are we going for? The cheese one, the Velveeta okay. and Miracle Whip. Now mine touched, so. That's fine. Now the Miracle Whip is predominant. Well, it helps the cheese slide down. Whoa. Oh, God. Nothing. That's a lot, man. Cheese doesn't need help sliding down. That's for sure. Now, listen, it's not as bad as I thought. Um, no, ooh. this one's terrible. 
weird. It's no, the, you know, like it's, the miracle it's whip. It's the miracle whip that's getting me. Let me take Java. It's not as it's not as bad as I thought. Let me I do. Have very bad memories of miracle whip. Okay. And I just don't remember. Why. Yeah, the triggers, the tongue triggers are happening. All right. This and so what's this on this peanut butter and what? Peanut butter and uh, a little bit of uh, honey. Honey on the outside and oh, some. Uh, well, you know that's good. Secret vanilla extract. This is freaking delicious. Okay. This one's a hit. Both are the same. This time. one's freaking. I can see how a kid would love both of these. Mm -hmm. Oh, the peanut. They're both kind of dirty. On. And, and I, you go back and forth with those, huh? A cheese one. You know, maybe I used one too many slices of cheese, but I think the decadence of the holidays is, uh, you know. <laughs> Actually, mm. you know what I was hoping for, Jay? Water. Mm. Oh, what you, you, you wash these down with? Colorado sake. I mean, right I would here. usually do, I would usually do milk. That's what you wash it down with. Milk. More dairy, more creamy, um, or uh, any sort of soda. <clears throat> can I? <laughs> while he chokes to death, can I explain <sighs> something? Can I do something? Because yeah, I think please, it's real I'm gonna get us right water. Now. So when I talked to uh, William Stewart from Colorado Sake Company on the phone, I said, <laughs> I said, hey. Um, when you come down, I said, can you bring some sake and can it, and like you set up a table. I want to put a display for mm -hmm. pictures and video uh -huh. and everything, you know, like that. And, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a food show or something. But uh -huh. really, he's like, oh, yeah, man, no sweat, like two thumbs up in the text. <laughs> and then this is what he brought. Now, I'm not saying it's not delicious, but yeah, this yeah. is his food show setup. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a display. And uh... <laughs> did you hear what I said? Yeah. <laughs> There it is. Well, it's such a <laughs> hot item. Four seconds, we're all set. It's such a hot item that this is all he could really afford to bring because he, uh, all the other ones need to be sold, you know? Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit about the mm. sake here in a minute. Uh. All right, so story time. Mm. After school, that was always a thing. Kids would go home. What, what are they snacking on? What are they doing? Cereal was big. Your favorite cereal? My, my favorite cereal, probably Golden Grahams. Mm. Um... Can't go wrong with that. Golden Grams, when I got a little bit older, Honey Bunches of Oats was, was oh, quite good. Uh -huh. Well, you were trying to make a healthier choice. Seemed like a healthier choice, but right. I don't think it was too, no. too healthier. It was kind of, I think they used in Honey Bunches of Oats or something like that, a similar thing as what is in Cap'n Crunch, yeah. like a kind of like a crunchy, mealy sort mm -hmm. of cornmeal. What would you do when your mom brought home, like, the Cheerios. Just plain Cheerios, Mom. Do you hate me? She loved plain Cheerios, and she loved bumming me out with Raisin Bran. and Which you'd put a ton of sugar on anyway. Yeah. Right? And, and the raisins were like, this is a sad Honey, honey Nut Cheerios are, are great. I think Honey Nut Cheerios are, are a good compromise from a, you know, mm -hmm. a standpoint of nutrition and flavor. Um, but, man, got to get the Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, the uh, sugar smacks. Mm -hmm. You got mm -hmm. as a kid, you got to go that way, and you got to read the box. Yeah, you got to so. read the box and and the the fun stuff, the, the activities that you can get on the box of. Uh, Did you ever cut up the box or get a you know a send away for something, an offer? That um, wasn't thing. No, I never really sent away for anything because um, we moved around so much. I didn't have a good permanent address to mm -hmm. to even have the confidence that I'm going to receive the package. <laughs> That I would be sending away for, you know, like we were always on the go, uh -huh. always on the go yeah. witness relocation program. Yeah. Couldn't send it to a car. Didn't want my, didn't want, couldn't risk my father finding us. That's right. Yeah. All right. Again, I don't know whether that's true or not. Quick story. Mm -hmm. Right. After school, mom wouldn't bring anything sweet into the house for a while. Okay. okay. 
So you figure out well, what what is kind of sweet or what what is what can I have? So uh, so this is like 19, early 1980s, 82 shag blue shag carpeting. I can mm -hmm. picture it in my head. Sit down, you put your cartoons on, right? Mm -hmm. Channel two. If you've lived in here in Denver for a mm -hmm. while, you got your after school cartoons. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Love there. Tom and Jerry. So there's the stage. I'm sitting there watching Tom and Jerry. Go to the free trailer. Nothing. Nothing. What can I have? I don't know. Barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. So I do the barbecue sauce. Spilt it on the rug. Mm -hmm. Barbecue sauce everywhere. Kids, kids are lazy by nature, but they also they don't know how to clean anything. Nobody else. knows how to clean shag carpet, though. No. You can't. That's not even so a So what's the logical thing, thing to do? You want to take the newspaper stack and just put it right over that barbecue sauce so that that can be found, I don't know, three, four weeks later. That's for, a good idea. For your single mother. That's a really who's hard good working idea. To go. And then what do you do when it's discovered? Well, I don't know. Who did that? Uh, whatever. Yeah. What, what happened? If, an, if enough time passes between the crime that you've committed and the interrogation, <laughs> you can really hustle, you can really lie uh -huh. about it a uh, lot better. You can lie about yeah. it a lot. And kids are such great liars. Because you're distanced from it. I was a terrible kid. Were you a good kid? I think I, I, I was the third, of th the third of three, the youngest of three, and I think I was a pretty good kid. I, I was probably more spoiled, um, but I, I, I wouldn't say that I was like a brat about things. Mm -hmm. um, I was definitely finicky and picky about mm -hmm. certain things, like eating things. I, we'd go to a Chinese food restaurant or a Mexican food restaurant, and I'd always get the cheeseburger deluxe because I didn't want, I didn't want Chinese food. I'm not in the mood for Chinese food. I'm not in the mood for Mexican food. Now, I love all those things, but I also still love cheeseburgers. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, as we leave you here today, the one thing, mm -hmm. and I got to wonder if this is something you like or hate, but generally when people find out what you do for a living, is this what they do? Okay, make me laugh. Well, girl. Say something funny. Uh, a, a, drunk, drunk, a drunk woman, girl, drunk female. Let's just call them females. Um, gal. Uh, 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 a drunk gal would, uh, would, would say, like, make me laugh. Um, usually drunk, uh, drunk uh, guy it would say, you know, tell me, tell me a joke, you know. Which is all like, you know, would you say like, would you go to a strip club and go to the stripper and go like, be sexy? Or would you ask even, even more so like a stripper who you yeah. found out was off duty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like undercover off duty stripper. Mm -hmm. um, would, you go, would you be like, hey, would you like to strip to a song for me right now? You wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't. But people do that with, with comedians they and do. it's funny. Um, so do you have a go-to response? It's funny. I usually try to tell them like what I call a scarecrow joke. Uh, I tell them a joke so horrific and graphic that they never ask that question to anybody ever again. You know? It's a, I mean, this is a stream. <laughs> we're not going to get kicked off in network we're, we're TV not, or gonna, anything. Can you? We're not going to get sued by, uh, <laughs> by Jif, That's by Skippy. I had a great time catching up with yeah, you today. Yeah. So this weekend and tonight and tomorrow night, it's every Friday and Saturday? Every and Friday so and Saturday mm -hmm. while they're letting us still do things outside. Sure. And, you know, once we can get back inside, everybody gets vaccinated. All the old people die. We're going to be back inside and uh, be able to do things normally. So Absolutely. Heck yeah. I mean, go down. I'm going to do this. This is, a, this is what you want to do on the weekend. And so oh, I know it's cold, but they're doing their best to keep you warm. And uh, here it is, the the sandwiches that you put together. Yeah, I'm today. just gonna do a I'm gonna do a sashimi version with you know a very low carb, but just a little bit of Miracle Whip in the. Um, <laughs> to, you know, uh, this is my homage to Taco Tuesday. You like Miracle Whip, don't you? Mm. That's terrible. Mm. You know that it's was sweet. 
it's sweet, it's creamy. It's like, who put a lemon in here? <laughs> who put a lemon in here? Mm. All right, before we go, can I try and land this on your forehead or vice versa? You can try and land this on my forehead. Well, Which I guess one? since it's your show, you get to you put the cheese wherever you want to put the cheese. <laughs> well, man, this is the stuff you would do as a kid. You know, How far are you going to wear it? Hey, where, man, I could probably do it from across the room. I mean, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to take off my glasses just because they're yeah. pretty new and if I can slap this right on your face and it sticks, okay. we've won okay. for the day. Okay. But I don't know. I think I, let's see. Oh, just, <laughs> <laughs> it just hit you. Okay. Yeah, it's been on the floor. Okay, no we'll, we'll, do, we'll do one more. Oh, okay. Man. okay third, if I let him do it a third <laughs> no. time, I'm just a chump. <laughs> That's right. Then we've had to fight. Thank you so much. Hey, thank All right, you. you can try me. You can try let me try me. you. Try. Let me try. I you. think the key is to have a little. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do you a solid and get you a clean one that, you, that doesn't have boot hair on it. Um, <laughs> here's what I th- where I think you went wrong is you didn't give it enough surface. Oh, okay, so okay. You're gonna. Okay, flat. okay. Ready? Um, here we go. It's kind of weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate like, it. Yeah, thank you. You rock. All right, go see him. And he's uh, hosting tonight, tomorrow night, and you can get down there. I'll probably be down there, too. Ben Kronberg right here, the Modern Eater Show. It's our first edition. Cheers. Cooking with comedy. He drank the vanilla mm. extract. Whoa. This guy's a monster. It's not even sweet. It's not even sweet. All right. We'll be back, and uh, we're going to catch up with William Stewart, Colorado Sake Company, and kind of um, talk about the accoutrement, the food. Yeah. And the drink down the there. The food and the drink down there. It's awesome. fantastic. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohalla Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. (laughs) Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado. Your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, Let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. (laughs) First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show.
All right, welcome back to Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Having some fun today. Boy, we need it more than ever right now, will you? I agree. Fun is uh, it's paramount, and you shouldn't feel guilty. Grab some humor, grab some laughter in each place you can uh, get it right now. But on the weekends, this is cool. So we just talked about this is what you can do Friday, Saturday night. This is going on tonight. Let's talk more about the specifics, the location, and then uh, old man Greg, old Greg when he goes down there. I like to be comfortable, I want to eat, and I want to drink. All yeah. those things are provided. All those things, yeah. So we've been doing it since last October. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the pandemic hit. They were doing Zoom shows, and it wasn't that fun, right? Mm -hmm. Zoom shows are the worst. And uh, so then we got back. We got back going, and now we were inside. Now we're back outside. Heaters, everything. Uh, if you come down to Colorado Sake, we lead you down to the alley where it's, where it's all happening. Um, full food menu from Denver Sushi House. Uh, you can get ramen, sushi, whatever your heart desires and then uh yeah it's always nice to finish the week with comedy i mean it's, it's it gives fantastic. us a little bit of a laugh now uh sake have you had a sake have i had a sake i mean <laughs> i've had I, i've had i've had quite a few sake i i've had um is it sake or sakes it'd be sake is just plural yeah, and plural it's like it's like goose geese it's not so geese sakes just sakes sure sock we'll figure it out today it's sock um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've had, they're, they're all really good. I think, uh, my favorite part about them is that they're not like the typical, like, to, you know, they're, mm -hmm. there's like fun flavors, like a jalapeno margarita or norchata or things that are kind of reminiscent of other food culinary culture things, I yeah. guess. Uh, that's how I would describe it. If I, I'm looking at this packaging, this is new. Yeah. The cans are new. This is rad. Yeah. The yeah. cans are awesome. Uh, you went from, I mean, the last packaging was pretty cool, yeah. too, in a glass container. But the cans, there's a need in this, right? Yes, yeah. The cans are great because everything to go is in cans, never sees light, so it stays fresh longer. Uh, everything in the bottles will be for liquor stores and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just got bottles in today, so we'll be back to bottles. How's your restaurant business? Decimated? Uh, I mean, it's, right, just doing patio is yeah. a little challenging, but we do online sushi classes, so we do... Uh, it's called Sushi Date Night. Mm. So you log into Zoom. We deliver the sushi kit, sake to doorstep. Right. Last night we had 15 people in it, and mm -hmm. everybody gets fun. We had someone in a suit and tie and a dress. Uh, it's just nice to give people date night during, yeah. during a crazy How time. How fun is that? Yeah. And when I talked about restaurants, just basically the other restaurants around town oh, that yeah. would carry the sake. Yeah, I mean, we're basically positive. just focused on, on retail right now yeah. because restaurants are struggling. I would imagine this should be in every single liquor store. Yeah. Uh, in Colorado and beyond, where can people find it? Uh, right now, we're in 170 liquor stores. What? So, yeah, your good liquor store job, probably has it. Man, yeah, are it's you been kidding good. me? Yeah, that's fantastic. It's been two years of growth, just knocking on doors, and people people accept it, which is great. We've caught up with you before, but people say sake, Colorado. How does that not make sense? But you're one of very few folks that uh, manufacture and distribute sake uh, in in the United yeah. States. Yeah, so right now we're at 12 in the United States. We're the only one in Colorado. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it's just, it's really hard to make. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably one of the hardest beverages to make, and uh, it's growing, and the more that come onto market, um, the more that just brings light to socket. Yeah. So on-site? Yep. Where uh, it's made? Did yeah. you call that a brewery? Yeah, it's a sake brewery. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, everything's made on-site, 100% rice, and then we do some infusions and things like that, and a little secondary fermentation, but... Um, yeah, we've really grown. I mean, October was the best month we've had for comedy and tasting room, and then mm -hmm. everything kind of shut down. So now we're to focus on deliveries and online uh, and comedy. 
So um, we're going to taste a, a couple yeah, of these please. if we can. And this is available. You go down and get Comedy, and the, do you get one of these, or yeah. how do you serve this? So, so we can sell those at Comedy, um, mm -hmm. and then we also have a full bar at Comedy right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, cold and warm, some mm -hmm. sake. Yeah. I know. Do you like warm sake? I do in the right setting. Yeah. So if it's like cold in the winter or mm -hmm. if I'm in Japan, I mean, uh, they do it right. If you go to a sushi restaurant, that's usually too hot and it's bad sake. Um, we do slowly heat it up and not that hot. But, uh, yeah, I love warm sake. Oh, good. All right. Yeah, and I brought one of our newer ones today. Yeah, you all follow this the This is leader. our yuzu ginger. You got it? There you go, yeah. Yuzu ginger. Where do you come up with your recipe ideas? You probably have just, uh, Ben consult. Have you ever heard of Google? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ben's. Uh, yeah, we. That's the best part about the tasting room is we can have flops and we can have home runs. And uh, yuzu ginger. Yuzu's like a mm. right. It's a Japanese fruit. It's kind of like an orange lime hybrid. Um, a lot more expensive than mm. we were hoping, but and this one's got a little bit of carbonation to it. Kumpai. Kumpai. Cheers, 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 cheers. One of these, one of these. There we so go. So how? Mm. How's it with the Miracle Whip? Well, that one's really good. Well, it got rid of it. So yeah. <laughs> it was the best thing <laughs> I've had all day. Palate yeah, cleanser. Right? Uh, that's delicious, mm -hmm. right? That's delicious. And so this is something you've refined this yeah. in, in the tasting room, and then you're like, okay, now we can can't even put read this it. out for the yeah, masses. Yeah, and now we're doing um, online sake 101 tours. Mm -hmm. and uh, What's the alcohol percentage in these? This one's 15. So yeah. it's up there. Yeah, but it doesn't taste like it, right? No. It's, well, that's the that's, thing. You know, <laughs> that's the say. issue. It'll jump up um, on you. Yeah, and then one other thing we're doing that's fun that I forgot to tell you earlier, we're doing a uh, local capital raise. So we're trying to expand and uh, instead of going get big guys to, sure. to give us a bunch of money, we're doing um, a more crowdfunding, but instead of like Kickstarter where you give up t-shirts, mm -hmm. uh, we're doing a start engine where we give up equity. What's the minimum buy-in? Uh, I think it's going to be a hundred bucks. And so, wow. yeah, we're just going to try and start. That's going to be successful. I know. We're trying I to start got a hundred in on that. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes. We launched that uh, just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, hundred bucks isn't going to get you much, but no. uh, you buy in equity, yeah. buy in. Right? Exactly. Yeah, equity, sweat equity. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just looking for some. I could invest some sweat equity in your company. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna work. Yeah. Can I work here and then maybe be a partner someday? That's how Jay got into the modern eater. Right. Yeah, just sweat in. Uh, what do we want to try next? All right, next one we have. Can you do a little bit of spice? Of course. Cool. Do you mind giving me that twist again? I don't mind at all. Thanks. I'll actually uh, prep you for the next one. Cool. I'll fluff you for this one. So this one's got a little bit of spice to it. This will be our grapefruit jalapeno. Oh, grapefruit jalapeno. Yes. Now, why why those two flavors together? They're so good. Uh, why not? Are you a Virgo? <laughs> I am not. What would make what? you? How would you? You have survive? a very particular palate. You're, really? Even before you taste something, Virgo's you're kind of that? like judging it. Really? That's what a Virgo would do. <laughs> What's yours? You're okay. You're you're a you're a uh, you you are you're ca caring. you're 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 a Leo. Dad, is that you? You're a Leo. No. Okay. Um. You're you're uh, you're a Scorpio. Le uh, Sagittarius. Aquarius. Cancer, baby. Cancer. I'm dating. I'm I'm dating a Cancer right now. Good people, man. Don't burn her. She'll hold a. I mean, I'm dating somebody who has cancer. <laughs> I don't know what her zodiac sign is. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, this is a good balance. Yeah. Actually, the grapefruit fruit you, I think I'm already drunk. There we go. This, we did our job. The this grapefruit it, it kind of pairs down that heat. Yeah, exactly. 
we, we, this is like a, we take a lot of cocktails and that's how we come up with these. So like a play on a Paloma, right? Instead of having mm-hmm. the tequila, you've got great. This one kind of tastes like tequila yeah. in a way. There's yeah. the two things really together. Does. It's yeah. like there's like a smooth tequila. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one. Like when you'd find it, Sammy Hagar's Cabo Cantina. <laughs> in Cabo. Right. In Cabo. But not the Cabo. You I know, bet you're hilarious he has with couple. some drinks in you. <laughs> <laughs> and sexy. <laughs> Ben's like a Ben's like a pool player, right? So like, if you have a couple drinks, you're really good at pool. Uh huh. But when Ben Ben has, he's had a night or two where yeah. Ben's had a lot of drinks uh-huh. and the balls don't go in. Well, I mean, I don't know. Since, uh, <laughs> but we've all been there, right? You know, if we're talking about where we've all dropped the ball, I mean. <laughs> this has got, I'm, I'm looking at no, a red hibiscus. Yes, yeah, so this is our blueberry hibiscus. Um, blueberries, uh, fresh blueberries. This is your hitter. Yeah, hibiscus flowers. It's kind of like our little rosé oh, taste. Um, mm, yeah. All day long. Cheers, guys. All day long. Right? Yes, sir. Come by. Come by. Oh, jeez. No, but it's been nice partnering with Ben since the beginning because he's, you know, having a local comedian that ha- has, is from here and has mm-hmm. their foot in it just brings up a lot of local talent. Like right now, Comedy Works is closed, which is giving us a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a kickstart, and mm-hmm. uh, people still want that comedy, but um, in, in it, we need a platform for local comedians, which mm-hmm. we haven't had on the weekends. That's why, like, last October was so successful because people do pop-up comedy shows, just not on the weekends because they're busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just focused on that, and it's been been awesome do, now here's one for you do you stream the outdoor comedy mm-hmm. no i mean huh? it it, it, huh? it could be done but the you know i think it's it's better if people don't see it and they have to see it live yeah. you know um i see i see why people are trying to do that but it might I, be a good promotional tool though just it, like for me when i visually can mm-hmm. see like i can see me sitting there doing that right now um, did you have some photos that you put up on the stream, Jay? I know you're doing a thousand one things. Photo, and, and trust me, it's, you want me, it's more valuable for me to be right here than show the picture. <laughs> it was from my cell phone. So now we have to defer to you. Describe yeah. Yeah. what it looks like. No, it's great. So when you come out, it's all turfed and uh, heaters everywhere. You walk in, you see the stage. Server comes out. I mean, most comedy clubs, you get nachos or a hot dog, things like that. But having a full sushi menu, ramen, mm-hmm. um, a little more curated. And the comedians are great. I mean, the showcases we do, you usually get seven or eight comedians. And then uh, the late one is, is definitely like that curated show where each comedian plays off the next one. And then you have your headliner. And he's had great headliners over the last uh, few months. So you're not in a lawn chair. You're at a two no. or four Yeah, top. you're in a two or four top. Uh, we can do parties up to six right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we check you in. You go right to the table. Everything's safe. It's outdoors. You're more than six feet apart from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're not so far away where it's, it's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, I mean, your job is to keep everybody connected. Yeah, that's my job. And that, that's that's what, my job. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I do. Because Ben can host, he can headline, he can feature, but uh-huh. having a host that brings the crowd up in the beginning yeah. is what you need. Right? How, how do you do that? Well, you don't always do it, but when you do do it, um, <laughs> you, it just try, you just try to like make, make everybody feel welcome. Yeah. You know, try to, you know, set the vibe for having fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. just like a DJ would be hired to kind of like set the vibe. I, I think the MC is kind of a similar thing you know absolutely yeah. essential all right that's what is happening this weekend so again what's the address it's uh three five five nine larimer yeah Everybody tickets on ticketmaster ticket web all the good stuff 
All right, get down there, uh, get down and, there. and reserve your, your space so that they have it uh, ready to go. Yeah, for you. yeah, and then we, uh, we're trying not to do tickets at the door, just online so we can get your name and contract trace if anything does arise. Perfect. Yep. All right, these are my guys right here. Thanks for joining us, both these uh, guys right here. Yeah. William Stewart, Colorado Sake Company, and then also, what's the name of the sushi? Denver, uh, Denver Sushi, sushi House. House. Yeah. Denver Sushi House. Yeah, yeah. I met you at Matsuhisa yeah. quite, quite a few years yeah. back. Just a hell like of a guy. Denver has some pretty good sushi for, you know, you, you think being landlocked. It's, you know, Sushi Den is one of the, you know, for a long time. Yeah, it's been they're probably one of the busiest in the nation. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, they really are. I love some sushi myself, and your 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 knowledge. You have um, forgotten more about sushi than I'll ever know. I know. So, thank you for that, Ben. Good to meet you. Hey, too. likewise. I yeah, like thanks for lot. having us. Okay, we're gonna check in with Little Rich Schneider from Rockalitas Tortillas. Hey, Larimer, yeah. your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. On Larimer. I love the smell riding by there. I ride my bike by there, and you just get this tortilla. Yeah. Fart. <laughs> but a good fart. one, a good one, a one that you want to be Dutch oven to buy. <laughs> tortilla fart in your face. Little Rich, use that one on your marketing. Come on, Rich. Hey, come on, Rich. And um, who else is coming up? Oh, Philip from 291. Is Philip still on board? Philip from 291 still on board as well. We'll see what they're doing in Colorado Springs as they expand and grow with 291. Back in a flash from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. This is what you're doing this weekend. Make your reservations now. <laughs> I love the laugh. <laughs> like right now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Kyle Mindenhall. I'm talking with uh, my good friends from the Modern Eaters show. Keep supporting them. There's a lot of good stuff happening. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time and you're watching The Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, back to Studio Kitchen Colorado right now, and one of my favorite guys in the world coming up in Little Rich Schneider. Uh, the poll of, of the day as we roll into a weekend, and I think that 
this is something that we're going to really focus on more and more, especially in de December. Um, how's your mental state? How's your mental state? We have four answers, Jay. Which one did you pick, Jay? Uh, never been better. Just another day. It's a little rough and way down in the dumps. We're coming in at 11% for never been better, 56% of just another day, 22% as it's a little rough, and 11% uh, way down in the dumps. I think I'm in the 22% category of it's a little rough. They're taking in all this information, the media that's around us being the holidays, uh, renownedly a tough time of year for a lot of people. But uh, and then the cold doesn't help any as well. But where do you sit in there, Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a, a one of uh, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. Yeah, it's a little rough. And you know, one of the things is uh, how how do you admit to way down in the dumps? I mean, nobody wants to come across as a basket basket case, and um, you know you shouldn't feel bad. But talking is one thing. Hey, Rich, where do you stand in in that? The mental. How's your mental? Well. You mean normally or just right now? Right now. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's a little rough, no doubt about it. I'd say actually it's a lot rough. Yeah, it is. It is a lot rough. Well, that would send you down into the way down in the dumps category. Well, one of the things that brings me way down in the dumps is looking at what's happening to restaurants and small businesses. Um, bye, guys. It was great having you guys here. We had a comedian in here today. Kind of wanted to lift our spirits, Richie. Well, when you go and you, when you care about restaurants and small businesses as much as we do, um, you look at the things like the the westward of uh, the openings and closings. Um, it, it's just, boy, it's sad. It takes a toll on you. The pages and pages of attrition of our friends and families, businesses in in the restaurant world and. I was looking at this month's, and Mark Antonation does a great job compiling these things, but I'm seeing a new category, Rich, and this category is restaurants and bars temporarily closing in November, and the list is fairly lengthy, but uh, not such a bad business decision, and I want to defer to you because I think that there's no shame in that game of recognizing where you are as a business and then not spinning your wheels. And you've got some great analogies. I read a Facebook post of yours, but I want to kind of just send it over to you to monologue and, and to take us to school on, I, I look at you as kind of that, um, that beacon in the night, the light that, that really shines and, and tries to find logic in things. And in a world to where there's not much logic right now, I think that there are some certain identifiers business-wise of which way to navigate while you're very uncertain what to do. So what are you seeing out there right now with businesses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, can, you, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, first off, you know, let's go back two years uh, when everything was rocking and rolling and we had severe burnout uh, with, uh, let's say, in, our, in, our, in the whole industry. Everyone was working so hard, and there was that stigma of keep the pedal to the metal, suck it up, keep going. I haven't had a day off in 30 days, 60 days, and it was that badge of honor. And at the same time, people were, uh, I mean, getting depressed and getting sad. And we kind of, in the past couple of years, we have, in fact, peeled back that stigma. It's okay to say, man, I'm tired. I'm burned out. I'm depressed. I got a drinking problem. I've got a substance 
addiction. I need help. So we've kind of worked on that the past mm-hmm. couple of years. I'd say now what we're going to do is that same thing for the business. Yeah. Is that to, I think to take that shame away that, you know what, right now, no one was dealt these cards. We were all dealt a bad hand, no matter if you're making tortillas, if you're delivering product, if you're cooking, if you're serving, we've all got a bad hand. Hey, Richie, and to, Richie, your camera is up top here. I think you're looking at yourself or me, maybe. But yeah, look at your uh, camera. Yeah, I, I would love that. Thank I'm you. I'm talking Richie. to you. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm looking at I appreciate it. Thank you, Richie. Um, sure, sure. But I think, you know, we had that we had that stigma. And, and as restaurants are suffering now, I think we've got to allow ourselves that same stigma is that well, maybe the best thing for me is some time off on the restaurant uh, to, to close it. I'm really glad that they addressed and added that other category, Mark and, and the Westward, about, you know, there are restaurants closing and some are. Uh, they are closed. They're not going to come back, at least as far as we can see right now but i think there are some that as i'm going to call it that tactical pause is that for some that's the absolute best thing to do if you absolutely can't make it you've got some money in the bank and you're bleeding to death weekly monthly maybe the best thing to do is to just shut her down for now and and reassess everything be able to to spend that money when the conditions are in fact better. I say it's like when you, if you're in Vegas, you got a bad hand. Mm-hmm. That's not the time to go all in. Fold yeah. them. Yes. Fold yes. Them. Wait for that better hand. But I think we need to take that stigma off. People shouldn't have that thing of, oh, I had to close my restaurant down for a month or two months or three, whatever it is, and feel shameful about it. There's no shame in that. Actually, that's being really, really smart and acknowledging this is not winnable. It doesn't mean that I failed, just I stopped playing right now. I need a timeout. There's an article that you read, and it's from the chiefexecutive.net. Um, it, from, from you, you get little piece, bits and pieces, but you love correlations of how something works and how it can be applied to something else. This article that you read and highlighted on your personal Facebook page, Going Slow yep. to Go Fast, How to Conduct a Tactical Pause, that really started to fuel your thought process, and I want, I want you to take it from there. Okay, well, you know, uh, and that was based on, I, I ran across this article, I think it was Wednesday night, Tuesday night, about two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, we need to come up with a term for this strategic pause or tactical pause. I actually talked to a couple people about it, and a very good friend of mine decided to do just that for his restaurant, Chef Bob Holloway at McCoy's, an outstanding chef, uh, beloved and, and a very wise guy. And, and so we were talking about it. We said, we need to have a term with that because when right now what happens is when people say, I closed my restaurant, well, it's like, okay, are you closing it for good or are you taking this pause? Two different things. And so I just wanted to, I just thought, you know, we probably need to come up with some sort of name for that. And, and with that name, so that it doesn't have a negative connotation. It doesn't say it's, it's definitely not a thing of weakness. I mean, when we were going through all this stuff two years ago with mental health, to reach out and, and say, damn, I need some help. Um, it probably was a show of weakness. It's not now. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that same, uh, uh, I guess, show of affection is, 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 is meant for restaurants 
and, and the owners as they're going through this next phase. A lot of times when you talk about tactical, especially when it has to do with military and military response, um, there's ladies and gentlemen's life at stake. Uh, so you have to be precise about your thinking and uh, your tactics of, of how you're going to do that. Yes. Use what you learned yeah. from this article or what you, the takeaways from this article. Uh, and we'll put this article on uh, the Modern Eater Facebook page. It's going slow to go fast, how to conduct a tactical pause. From that perspective, what were the takeaways that you got from this article from um, military? Well, you know, when I, when I ran across it, I'm reading it. And the more I read, the more it exactly paralleled what we're all going through. And really, and, and this is a very high flyover on this article, and it's actually in a, uh, a website called chiefexecutive.net. And so this article was about uh, the military that had gone into Desert Storm, and they had certain intelligence on what to expect on the ground. When they got on the ground, they found out they had bad intelligence, and, and they were basically at that point, the, the common thinking is work harder, work faster, and all that, and the term that they came up with is they said, we, we later realized we were rushing to fix. And when I read that, I was like, it just hit me. You know, I was like, whoa, that is so true. And so they talked about how now they do a tactical pause. Let's herd everybody up. Let's find out what we're, not just the intelligence that we got, what do we see in front of us? Um, Richie, rewind just a second. We, you clipped out when it said rushing to, and then it clipped out. Could you? Do, do that again. Oh, darn, right at the worst time. I know. They, they came up with a term called rushing to failure. And when I read rushing to failure, it just slapped me. It hit me. I'm like, that's exactly what happened. Because we think we, we aren't working hard enough. We need to work faster and harder and all stuff. And really, we need to slow down a little bit. Be more, what's the word? More precise, more uh, disciplined, more uh, have a plan. And, and that's what they did. And they talk about it, that they took away the friction, they moved slow, but yet they got to where they needed to be faster. And so these are great reads. And they're, they're not a long, long read. And uh, it, it parallels what we're all going through right now so much. I highly recommend the read. I think folks, as they're looking at the mitigating factors of, of why to continue operating or why to push pause or, or or why to close down altogether that there's a lot of information that they're they're taking in and and i think that sometimes your decision can be heart made uh, examples i'm seeing a lot of restaurants right now who are allowing their payroll costs to be something that they would never operate under because their heart and their instincts are to take care of their staff and their employees right now when nobody else is looking out for them. What do you do as you're trying to instigate a tactical pause that is seemingly for the health of the business when you have so many other people relying on you for what would entail by having that pause? And this is where it really becomes sticky when you're dealing with other people's thoughts and emotions besides yours and your business. Yes, yes. Well, and we're making those difficult decisions right now um, here. Um, and that number one, I'm, I'm working very hard. We're working very hard on conserve cash. Um, I am producing 
only as needed. And I've got a skeleton crew, uh, people that are on salary, my management team, they're on the line. They're doing things they haven't done before in a long time. They're on the production line. And I am, I'm trimming as much fat as I can in trying to save the whole ship. Um, I was, uh, I was on uh, several emails and, and a couple phone calls earlier this week about minimum wage increase, which is a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, uh, a business that's closed can't give anyone a raise. And, and, you know, here I'm looking at it like a business that, that is closed can't pay any wages. Mm-hmm. And so I am looking at, we're having to prioritize and make some very tough decisions. But trying to look in at the long for the long haul, what's uh, what's defensible and what's what is best for the long term health of our business mm-hmm. and our employees. I'm not necessarily looking at our P and L right now. It's more survival. Mm. Boy, Whew. just gives me the gives me because it's reality. It's real, and that's where we are as we sit on a December fourth, twenty twenty. I'm going to have more gray hair coming out of this. I know. <laughs> Richie, look good. And that's another thing I kind of wanted to wrap this up with because I know that um, your care and your love uh, for the industry and the folks that work in it is at the top of your list. Um, Make no mistake. But in order to run a healthy company or to make healthy decisions, I think your um, mental health and physical health comes into a, a big play when making those decisions. What are those things that you would encourage on that end? If you're going to be examining your business, you need to examine yourself as as well. What are some takeaways that we can leave folks with on a Friday as they're trying to navigate maybe through um, a lonely weekend or tough business decisions or uh, family crises that put just put your anxiety or or your depression over the top? What are what are some of the things that folks can look into right now? Boy, that's that's a great question, and you know, I, I'm I'm barely a baker, so I, I'm not a, a a psychologist or anything by any stretch. But I can share with you what I do is I try to keep very level-headed. I'm trying to get one day at a time. I'm trying to make sure that as I look at each obstacle, is it in fact as big as it appears to be at that moment, mm. and gauge my reaction to it accordingly. Right now, it's to me personally, the only way I'm handling all the tasks that I've got in front of me is by prioritizing big time. But as soon as something pops up, I assign it a number and, and I, I'm not letting myself get buried by small, small things that are preventing me from doing the important work that will affect the business the most. I ask you these questions because. Um, you're a real human being as well that's trying to navigate and you have feelings and some days you just um, shut it down as well just like other folks need to do but taking that personal day you told me you know what Greg Uh, I'm taking my Sundays and I'm taking them for myself that was a decision that you made uh, for yourself in order to be able to serve other people better within your business and the community Talk about some of those steps that you're doing to not get caught up in the immediacy of things, making sure that you're unplugging and relaxing and some things as you've taken inventory and audit of yourself. I think that by sharing those, it's, it's really helpful to others. I know it's helpful, helpful for me. Yeah. Well, you know, any of us in this business, we're driven. Uh, we thrive on chaos. So kind of take, saying, okay, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to relax a little bit. 
almost feels like we're not, it's, it's something wrong. I'm cheating. I'm doing something wrong. And for example, Greg, a couple of weeks ago, I was going to come in and work on a whole bunch of different stuff Saturday, uh, both for the show and Rock Elitas. And I got to tell you, I woke up Saturday and I was just dead. And I thought, I'm going to flip my days. I'm going to stay in bed Saturday. I rested, didn't feel guilty about it. Godfather, I think, from morning to night, but just slept, ate, rest, uh, put things in the proper priorities. I came in Sunday, killed it, killed it. Mm. It's, it's, um, it's acknowledging your needs and listening to yourself trusting your instincts, not putting yourself out in, on an island. And, and one of the takeaways that I got from this conversation with you today, and I, and I get many of them from each conversation that I appreciate so much, is figure out if what you're feeling and what you're thinking about is really as immediate as it is. Is it as severe as you believe it to be? Or is it something that is just at the top of your mind, but all things will get better and so will that too? That's a great takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really doing that priorities uh, because sometimes you, you, you know, uh, there's a guy, I'll tell you what, what, something I look at, this is on Facebook. This uh, young man takes pictures of little model cars and he puts them on a table in front of an old building. And he takes the photograph. Well, the car is very close, the building's far away. But the way that he takes it, it looks like a full-size car inside of a, in, in front of a full-size building. So a lot of times, just the distance of these problems, you'll see something that, okay, this is a, a, a problem that's going to be a month out, six months out. I'm not saying to ignore but put it in its place. Don't let something that isn't going to happen for four months mm. um, paralyze you from doing the work, the important work that you can do today. Mm. Isn't it interesting on how a daily basis... That's it, brother. Yeah, generally your battles on a daily basis become internally. They're within yourself. And to be able to get through that day, it's how you manage yourself with those. But I love that. I've said myself when it comes to media and uh, entertainment, especially with public speaking, is allow yourself to be calm until you need to be nervous. And that means right before showtime, you can say, okay, I can be nervous then, but allow yourself to be calm and cool all the way up to that. And generally when showtime comes along or when you need to make that decision, if you'd allow yourself that, you're going to be just fine. In a lot of cases, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, I yeah. And I think everyone needs to know we all have a, I'm going to say a group of people around us that are cheering for us. They do want to see us succeed. And they'll be there to help you and probably be the ones to cheer the loudest for you when we get to the other side of this. But we also have to reach out to them sometimes just for support or just just a, a quick chat. Agreed. Love you to death. I'm a better person because of you. And uh, we need more uh, folks like you. And I know you're humble and say, hey, I'm just another guy. But you're little Rich Snyder. And uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us here today, Rich. Thanks, guys, and I can't believe I'm so disappointed how much gray hair I got. What is happening? Are you looking at your gray hair? <laughs> I don't know. You're looking distinguished. You're looking good, Richie. Looking good. All right, that's little Rich Snyder. Coming up next, we're going to take a break and come back with uh, Philip Raleigh, Distillery 291. Talk about a Colorado success story, Jay. Yes. <laughs> yes, and uh, a success story. 
Oh, jeez. Today's one of a those su- days, right? A success story um, that's causing them to make some big, big changes out there in Colorado Springs. That's called a teaser and a segue. In the yeah, whole what thing. are those changes? Uh, yeah, what are, are ready they? To go? What, uh, you got that button what, ready? What are they? We'll yeah, find out next go. as uh, Philip Raleigh joins us in the Modern Eater Show continues. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pecos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Welcome to Tommy Knocker Brewery here in beautiful Idaho Springs. Uh, we brew normally twice a day. Currently brew about 18 different beers. And right here is our brew kettle, steam-fired brew kettle, and uh, we generate our steam with natural gas. We get our natural gas from Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto. I really like working with Brian because he explains how the system works of getting your natural gas. It's not a mystery. I actually understand our energy bill. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. All right, back to Studio Kitchen, Colorado, as we stand by for Mr. Philip Raleigh, um, 291 fanboy. What Philip's done for 291, and already just a great brand with Michael Myers. Um, here's one of their. This is the bottom of their bottle. They cut these off and. It's a glass. We have plenty of these here at Studio Kitchen, Colorado, as we wrap up a Friday, and again, comedy going on this weekend. Loved having him in here, and that's something that we really want to explore, but uh, Ben Kronberg was a great addition as we were cooking uh, with comics, and you look terrified right now, Jay. He's coming. Uh, Philip's coming in. What a day of technology. It, it's, I, I, mean, I mean, we should you know, you want to talk about record the Dr. Shows, right? Sarah's texting me saying she can't, you know, we were going to record something with her. Um, she can't make it just because of traffic, you know, which is, and it's like, whatever, you know, because chances yeah. are I couldn't record it anyway. Yeah. Our um, poll question of the day, and this is something that's a growing concern for the industry, is how's your mental state? 
and heading into the holidays renownedly. And that was one great thing with bars and restaurants going into the holidays. If you didn't have family or you needed a place to go, there was always a, a seat for you, right? You'd sit down and talk to guys like you, Jay. Yeah, that's right. Um, you wanna I, I want to switch my beer answer. Beer in a shot. I want to switch my answer to the, to the last one now. Which is what? Today, which is down in the dumps. I oh mean, really? Yeah. Oh, the four the yeah, four amps. Yeah, Never been better. Up. Just another day. It's a little rough, or or way down in the dumps. It's a little rough. I always like the end of the show, just because we're you know we're loose at this point in time. We've got got the pressure of all the other things, and I mean I don't know when when the internet. It's like why don't we just record these shows and then premiere them? Well, I don't know because we we find some value in it being live, and yeah. I think other folks do too. I mean, and, and there's a fun element of it being live, and you know it's happening right now, and and I love all that as uh, Mr. Philip here is is connecting. Philip's but at the same time, it's like you know, yeah, I mean, you know, that's not the craziest idea in the world of of recording, even if it's the same day, and it's like, listen, it's live. This was 40 minutes ago. Go, but th- this way. You know, we ensure that the uh, that live the, streaming that the oh, I can't even. Think. Oh, look at this guy! I love this guy. All right, he's joining us right now, and I think he's probably at the distillery. This is Philip Raleigh. I need no notes for this gentleman because I know everything about him. <laughs> That's right. I know where all the secrets. I've even created a few secrets with you, Philip. Uh, <laughs> Philip. They're all up here. They're all up here. <laughs> That's right. Where are you, Philip? I'm actually at my house because we are in the process of packing up the distillery to move. And so I was headed in between our old distillery and our new distillery. Oh, man. Well, fantastic. (laughs) This is the Philip Raleigh House. Yeah. Distillery 291 (laughs) is on the move. Um, Yes. All right, let's just dig in. What's happening? Why are you moving? Did you get kicked out? Did you do something wrong? Is the lease up? Did you find a bigger place? There's so many questions. Let's dig in. (laughs) So uh, we actually outgrew the space that we are in with all of our expansion this year in 2020. And we are moving to a larger facility still in Colorado Springs. Um, And we are really excited. So We'll be fully moved in uh, at the end of January. Unbelievable. End of January. Yeah. So it's, it's been crazy uh, how, how busy things have been, how much we've been growing and, and uh, opening up new states and being on the market during this very odd pandemic world that we're all living in right now um, and just trying to keep a positive attitude. And how could you not when you have a little bit of this distillery 291 whiskey right there? How do you say it? Do you say 291, 291? What do you do? Um, so I say 291 Colorado whiskey. That's usually how I refer to it. And then if I'm talking about the distillery, I talk about distillery 291. So it's always 291 to me. Some people say 291. Some say 291. I don't know. As long as you're drinking it, that's all I really care about. You, you know what's funny, Greg, is yeah. as you were saying that, I did. I have this weird thing where I translate things in Spanish sometimes. Yeah. When you, and yeah. so inside of my head, I would, I would, I would in Spanish, mm-hmm. I would say it uh, the whole 291 in Spanish. But if I when I say it, it in English, 291. But when I would say it in in English, I wouldn't say 200. I would say 291. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, right. Yeah. I, I think Phillips on the oh, right over the target. So you guys have cut new road. You're you're just winning everything that can be won, and it's just the the discerning taste or the palate of whiskey drinkers everywhere would conclude that you guys are onto something. You're doing something damn good. And uh, that bottle behind you, in order for you to display a bottle, it's got to mean something. What do you got there? This one is so cool. So this is actually barrel 291 of our Colorado whiskey, Michael's flagship. Um, there's actually only uh, a total of 48 bottles of these that are have ever been in existence. They're hand graved, they're hand painted, um, done by our friends from uh, Wine Punts for us. And that bottle actually took a master's in design uh, from um, the Business Journal in London. And we were the only US company to win a master of design for that bottle. So that's why that's up there displayed really proudly <laughs> what hey hey philip jay jumping in here what kind of uh, occasion would it take for you to crack a bottle like that that's what pops into my head you know i mean wedding nope no, I, I that's not important <laughs> you know no i will never crack that bottle it's actually really cool i have bottle number two of that michael has bottle number one uh it's just really that's something that just sits in the in the archives of very special whiskey to me. Normally I drink anything that we make, except for that's one that I just won't open. If I were you, I, <laughs> I would lock that up somewhere because otherwise you're asking for when there's a bizarre cousin in town and you get home from work and you come in and, and that cousin's sitting at the dining room, dining room table with that bottle halfway gone going, oh. hey, thanks, <laughs> Philip. What's up, man? Hope you don't mind. I'll replace it. Here's 40 bucks. Oh, my God. I think it's funny you think I let people into my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Well, that's why I said it. cousin. I used, you know, I used like a family member, so it seemed more believable. Philip, you would laugh oh. your ass off if you knew how many times people came into Studio Kitchen Colorado and these glasses that you left behind, right, the glasses that are the bottom of your bottles, how uh -huh. many times they've poured, yeah. had to pour their whiskey into your glass, which is... It cracks me up. <laughs> I just love it each time. That's why we do that. You know, and what's really interesting is how well respected you are with other distilleries as well. It's almost like a badge of honor. They're like, hey, I don't, I'll pour it in that. That's, that's a cool <laughs> glass and that's a cool mm -hmm. company. They're, they're fine with that. How did it get so, how did you guys, what's the secret sauce? What do you believe? I, I think it's the, the whiskey, it's Michael, it's you, it's a, you've created magic and, and you say magic in a bottle. Truly, everything that you guys do is that magic in the bottle. How'd you get there? I appreciate that. I think, you know, it's, it's Michael's story. It's Michael's determination to make a grain to barrel to bottle whiskey uh, that represented a change in his life. You know, he went from, uh, you know, 9-11 out here to Colorado changed his career, poured his whole entire, you know, life into learning about the distillation process, creating this really unique uh, whiskey that not only tastes great, but it, it does have stories. And, you know, I think that t uh, talks to the respect you say that a lot of other distillers and distilleries have for us. And that's because we show the same, you know, we show respect to the whiskey, we show respect to the process, but we do it in our own way. We do it in a unique and fun way. And I was lucky enough to be able to come into 291 and share Michael's story with enthusiasm and get to meet everyone and, you know, just really be 
boots on the ground with Michael and sharing his story and his whiskey. And then more importantly, it becomes your story. It becomes how did how are you connected to 291? Where did you first have 291? Um, for service industry people, I love hearing their stories of, you know, meeting Michael uh, and him just being like, here, taste this whiskey, make a cocktail with it. And, you know, kind of just the, the grassroots project that has, um, you know, started small in Colorado Springs and, you know, with the intent to become a national brand and we're now an emerging brand. And Michael is leading that vision in that direction, even during, um, you know, uh, the COVID world that we live in with positivity and share a great whiskey story. You know, mm. I think that's it. Wow. Long-winded. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and listen, a few things struck me from that. Number one is you've always um, deferred to Michael and telling his story. And for, you know, as a number two guy, which I look at you as the number two guy, you've always propped up your number one guy. And that is just yeah. remarkable how you do that. Um, because obviously a lot of people want to be in that limelight and you are, but by, you know, by, by not trying to be, which I really, really appreciate you. Uh, for that, because um, you, you, it's always Michael first and the story and why it was developed. And, and that's a really cool steward of the brand, which you do. Secondly, uh, what a great representation of Colorado and being a guy uh, coming from New York and with that story. Uh, and then, so, I mean, his, he's had lifetimes within lifetimes, just being a well-renowned uh, renowned photographer and the things that he's done. Uh, but to come out here and cut that road and represent Colorado the way that you guys do, I mean, wow, that is, I mean, this is, this is the type of whiskey that if somebody's drinking it in, let's just say, Southern California or Florida or Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that this is how I would want Colorado to be represented. That, that's special. That's truly special. Thank you. I think one thing that's really cool, you know, I used to be on the road 24-7 before COVID. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things is people say, people from Colorado like to drink Colorado whiskey, right? So they come and they travel to different states and they see a local brand to them on a shelf and they're buying it. And then they're sharing the Colorado story too. They're sharing, Oh, this distillery is so cool. Let me tell you about this mm -hmm. person and this person. And, you know, I've got a guy, uh, one of my favorite little uh, places out on the pier in San Francisco, um, really great whiskey bar out there. Um, he said, I can't tell you how many people come in and be like, I know Michael and Philip, and I, I had Michael's whiskey when he was in the basement of that commercial building and 300 square feet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's so crazy to be able to travel and not only represent 291 Colorado whiskey, but what Colorado whiskey is and that Colorado whiskey is really making a name for itself in the whiskey world. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to be able to connect in these zoom meetings with so many more people than we ever could and be able to share more than Colorado whiskey. It's, it's, it's awesome to be able to share 291 Colorado whiskey, but also Colorado whiskey in that we have some really awesome whiskey here in the state. I know, I know your time's limited and you got to jump because you're going back and forth, but I do have a couple more with you. Um, you have such a great community of folks and you do your check-ins. Are you still doing your 2 p.m. check-ins? So we kind of switched 
people are getting a little tired of it, you know, so we didn't want to like just keep stretching it out. So now we do our periodic 291 <laughs> check-ins, yeah. um, which I think is a lot more fun, mm -hmm. but we still are doing our quarantunes and those are every day except for Saturdays. And we support local musicians. They play for one hour every day. Uh, they take over our Facebook page. And, you know, they just bring a little bit of joy into the day. They bring a little bit of light um, in, a, in what can sometimes right now be a heavy world. Absolutely. And so we still just take the posit positive standpoint. We support other local artists. We support local communities. We support our bartenders. We just try to make sure that everyone's taken care of. And I think that's what we have to do right now to keep smiles on people's faces and get through it together. Absolutely. Um, was it important from, my, for, from Michael's perspective, was it important to stay in Colorado Springs? And if so, why? Oh, yeah. Without the, you know, Colorado Springs and the community here has supported us in one of the most tremendous ways ever. I think we're so lucky with the community of whiskey drinkers that we have here, people who support small business, who've continued to support small business. And not only that, we have a great community of other distilleries here and um, connections and community that you just can't give up. Um, and so it was really important for us to, to stay in Colorado Springs and be a part of where we started. What can people expect from the new facility when we're past all of this? And I'm sure you've got some tricks up your sleeve and there's probably going to be a cool tasting room. I love the tasting room that you have already. You'll probably pull a lot of that out <laughs> of there. But what can we expect from the new facility? Um, so I would love to be able to tell you that. Come on. Phil. I've only been over there. One, I've only been there once myself to tell you the truth really? um, and it was just a big empty space. So think about what we did with where we were at. If you had ever been to our distillery uh -huh. and saw it before the tasting room was there, um, imagine that just, you know, four or five times bigger. Okay. So bring <laughs> the couch with you if you don't mind. Right. <laughs> couches, couches definitely coming. And I think our, a lot of people might know this might be a 291 secret. But we used to have this awesome orange uh, 1970s leather couch. Um, it was like a little love seat. That's going to make a return probably in the new distillery. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll be a while before we're ready to have a tasting room or uh -huh. anything like that open. But uh, what I'm a good time to do to a trans transition do. because, people, you know, it's like COVID shut everything <laughs> down. And so it's like, OK, right. we had to wait. And it's like, OK, now we're open. And you're like, wow, I'm glad you did that during a pandemic because now it's seamless to be able to get in there and take a look around. I, I mean, I love the stories. I fell in love back in our iHeartRadio days when you guys would come into the studios. I think we spent Christmas Eve <laughs> with Michael and he brought the kids in and had the family with us. We spent Christmas Eve together yep. in the iHeart studios. And when he told me the story about the button, which I make him say all the time, that's when I'm like, well, these are the things that it takes if you want to be successful and you want to get in the business. But a button that he had to reset on the still, like every, I, I hate telling the story because I murder it. I know the, the premise. Every hour. Every yeah, hour. Like, and it wasn't, didn't he have to drive down <laughs> yeah, like well, a, a he road? He planned his you know, life down, around down it. Down this thing. Yeah. It's just, that's it, a trip. Insane. Yep. To, to finish it, you know, he'd go home, cook dinner, come back, press the button. 
go home, eat dinner, come back, press the button, you know, go on a sales call, come back, press the button, go meet a buyer, come back, press the button. What did the button do? In that 300 square foot space. So it reset the at home steam unit. So when he first purchased his steam unit, he purchased like one of the at home shower Uh steamers. Um, for the 45 gallon still, you know, he, uh, I love how he tells the story. He's like, I went in, you know, got my first run going, sit there, go down and make some notes. And all of a sudden he's like, well, the steamer shut off. He went over, looks around, sees the button, presses it. And he clicks. He's like, this is a, it's got an off switch. It's got automatic safety off that you have to reset every 45 minutes. So, you know, he was doing his runs and had to do that until he upgraded, you know. So uh, that was. uh, Now, he didn't need to upgrade because I can tell you right now, Philip, that Jay and I would have for ten dollars an hour pushed the button every (laughs) every hour and just lived inside. the. I mean, no joke. We've done that. You know, that's um, right. Two hundred and forty bucks in a day. 10 bucks an hour, 24 hours a day. I would have lived there. What's turning over in my head is like what you could purchase and set a timer that has a little thing. Oh, a little stick? A little stick that popped out or something that you could just put right, super glue right in front of the right location. I know, know. I know. Okay, what's next for 291? Uh, You guys are doing a lot of things, but growth is what's on your mind, and you're out there wheeling and dealing. You're making Zoom deals, eating meals and making deals with Philip. I love when we can go out and and, and then um, the Oxford Hotel, I want to say what happens when you go there. But what's next for 291? <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that, that, that is next is uh, we have our e-commerce site up um, from our web page. Um, we, can, we don't ship, but a third party ships to almost 40 states. So go online, take a look during holiday shopping. If you've always wanted 291, you can purchase it online now, which is really exciting. And that uh, link to our store is right on our webpage. Just click the little buy now button and you can follow the link. So that's definitely really huge. And that they buy from a local liquor store and send to you, which is really awesome. So you're still supporting local even through ordering online, which is really cool. Rock and roll. What, so if I was to go down and just let's just say I'm uh, classy enough to get a room at the Oxford, uh, <laughs> what happens when I go in and, and say, Mr. Hollenbeck checking in today? Well, what's really awesome, they'll say, here is a little token for our whiskey happy hour, and we want to invite you to come back and try some amazing Colorado whiskey, such as Distillery 291, and enjoy a free complimentary 291 Colorado whiskey. Um, And then if you're staying there, you can also go to both the bar and restaurant attached to it and go get a 291 cocktail. I love it. We were at Surf Hotel, partied it up with these guys. Stuff that we can't even talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> just fun. But we stuff. call those 291 secrets. We call those 291 secrets. And, and we have a couple of those 291 secrets. Okay, here's the last final up. We're going into the holiday season, and what better gift, right, than 291? And we have, oh, thank you. We have a sponsor. Rich asked for it by name, called us up. He was like, hey, when, when Philip's on with you, do you mind asking? He wants to buy a couple of cases of Distillery 291 for his friends and family. And he would like, would you take his phone call if that's something that he'd like to have? 
Yeah. Did, did you want to give him my number? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, well, first of all, it struck me as like, he's paying attention. He's like, I want to support local. Yeah. I want to give a local gift. I want, and, and 291 by name. And he's like, hey, do you think you can give? I was trying to sell him a barrel, which I don't think I have any place to do that at all, to start selling your barrels. <laughs> there but he he'd like to have the bottle which you'll have a full-time job if you can do that which makes more sense to have it in bottles yeah he said two or three cases i don't know is your case six bottle or 12 bottle or both we're six pack case six pack um and yeah so uh i can help him out personally um take care of him you know get that done through our tasting room you know i'd love to help him i love that guy we have so much fun when we're in the kitchen together and um yeah let's let's hook it up let's connect and make that happen okay dude we i mean you're philip raleigh i mean a brand of your own (laughs) he really is yeah let's see that hair man he's got this new sexy haircut man what do you got going on I wanted to look at those oh, curls, oh. man. Look at those That's curls. That's the Philip hair. Yeah. He's had the uh, <laughs> under the sun. Hey, where'd you get that hat? I got it in Oxnard, California, surprisingly enough. But what I want to talk about is my real hat that I wear all the time. And this is from Sing Hat Company out of um, Jackson Hole. And let me tell you, research those girls. Custom-made hat. They are absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, they took my original cowboy hat and designed this from it. So you I love, love it. you love the western wear too, don't you, Philip? Oh, always. You'll always see me in my boots or hat, one or the other, at least. Hey, Philip. Next <laughs> time we see you, and we wanted to have you here today with us. Guess what tomorrow is? You know more than anybody else. It's a good note to leave on. Tomorrow is repeal day, and you. It's really exciting what tomorrow is. I don't know. Is that what you were talking about? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, Repeal Um, Day. Yeah, I'm really excited about Repeal Day. Um, We're actually doing a really big event for Repeal Day with DigiWorld um, out of Kentucky. It's a huge whiskey event. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Cool. And then lastly, Jay and I have a request. Would you please... Come up to Denver and be Jay and I's wingman at some point because <laughs> the most beautiful women flock around Philip, and uh, he is the guy. If you and and it, just a great in, you know, he'll put us over. Will you put us over sometime, Philip? Let's do it. You know, when when we can go back and have restaurants and eat inside and have some fun, or you know, spring patio season. What better time to meet people than spring after? stuck inside all winter let's go to a restaurant and have some cocktails outside and meet a bunch of people agreed i'll, Every... I'll buy the first round i'll buy the first round you know 291 drinks on me i love it <laughs> uh anytime we call him he answers the phone we've known each other since um jump street the get-go and uh this is a gentleman that we fell in love with and i know so many other people have too but you can't have him he's all ours it's philip raleigh <laughs> Distillery 291, give our best to Michael. And if we don't see you uh, between now and the New Year's, let's get this damn year behind us and look forward to a great 2020 uh, with you and everybody involved. What a great community you've built. Thank you so much, Philip. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye, guys. Yeah, you bet. Later, buddy. Philip Raleigh, Thank you. Yeah, that's... Love that dude. I know. He's a good dude. <sighs> what do you do about that? I just... <sighs> 
Huh? Today, right? That, yeah, that's what I'm so out of gas. I was going to ask man. you if you had a, a, a you know, a man, Jay story. I, I have a story, but I'm just, I'll, t- I'm going to tell it, you know, <laughs> I'm going to tell it with this attitude. Hold on, let me look What's at one real story? quick. Um, that's not even the right piece of paper. Oh, here we go. Um, okay, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you the. I want to tell you the eyebrow story. I, I don't think I've heard this one, and, and I don't know why I want to tell this one. And, and are you I, gonna do it right now? Or are you gonna bre- do we do we need to break? If we don't need to break, you don't need to break. No, we don't need to break. We've already braked. We've already braked our brakes. We've already broken. Yeah, we've broken them. Uh, um, so eyebrow story. This isn't. So this story is. <laughs> I call this my eyebrow story, and um, so those of you that don't know, Jay's a, a lifer in the service industry. 30 years in the business, mostly Plus. behind a bar, but he has uh, held a saute pan a time or two. Oh, man, listen. <laughs> I, also, I can saute my brains out. There's so, really? I have so many skills that don't do anything for me at all, you know, that may impress at like a house party or something if everybody's drunk enough, you know, mm-hmm. that I could do flip a saute pan. Oh, far out. You know, and it's like, that's it. I, I have to mm-hmm. go home. You know, other people like you actually are very impressive with what you can do, you know, that sort of stuff. Anyway, so this, uh, it, it's, it's, we had a segment that was called why the bartender hates you, and uh, uh, and he doesn't really hate you. No, he, I mean it's he loves you, yeah, but he listen. hates the things that you do when you're drinking. Yeah, well, no, I mean not everybody. I mean just certain people, and and I think that with the title of why the bartender hates you, it's like if you have common sense and you get a sense of humor, like you get what that means, right? So it's it, Friday. It, grab it's, yourself a drink. It's Friday. What? It's five yeah, o'clock it's somewhere. Like, God, I'm already. And losing. Jay is going to indulge us right now with the eyebrow story. This is the eyebrow story. Why the bartender hates you? Yeah. So. Uh, once upon a time, working at a bar, it's a, uh, we'll call it a Thursday night. I like to work the door when I managed this particular bar, and it was downtown. I like to work the door mainly to flirt with girls. Is this and- Pat's? Yeah, Pat's. Okay. Yeah, well, it was called Pat's Downtown Bar and Grill. Uh, so there's still one on Iliff in Quebec. There was one on Arapahoe I-25. So as the boss, you would work the door? Yeah, yeah. But I did it out of... Out of um, out of something to do because if you've been a restaurant manager, you know that a restaurant manager is basically just an adult babysitter. You, your job is to either wait for a problem or to keep an eye on the kids and make sure they're doing the things they're supposed to be doing, which is good and fine and dandy. But it can be boring if you have a crew that's doing what they're doing, but you have to be there anyway. So I would sit at the door talk to a couple girls possibly from time to time, um, but mainly just to stay busy. And I liked IDing people and taking fake IDs. Ooh, I should put some fake ID stories together because those, those are, good. are good. So this one is the eyebrow story, right? So one night I'm working the door kind of. I've got door guys, but I'm just there to do it. Down come a couple of gentlemen who are visibly intoxicated, Beyond the point, like before they got down the stairs, I knew I wasn't letting them in. I so mean, from upstairs, what was the bar's name upstairs? Crocs. Crocs, yeah. Crocs. Crocs. It's where the new, uh, the Blue Moon place is at 16th and mm-hmm. Market. So it used yeah. to be Crocs upstairs. Oh, yeah, everybody remembers Crocs. Right, yeah. Pat's yeah. Down, uh, downstairs, uh, Double Daughters, Two-Fisted Mario's. So these two gentlemen make their way down the stairs, and they're, they're intoxicated. I know I'm not letting them in. But, you, you know, they, so they come up, and they're getting IDs out. I say, uh, hey, listen, I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to come in tonight. I think you've had a little too much to drink already, you know, so just have a good night. 
Should end there. Right. It should. I mean, normal people, but you know, it's you're in t- they're intoxicated, so they don't they're yeah. not thinking the they're same gonna way. They're going to plead their case. Why, sure. man? Yeah, exactly. It's my shoes, you know. Like, yeah. ah, I mean, you hear everything. And so these two gentlemen, one did the talking. The other guy was kind of the just back in the cut guy. You know, he's just behind him. You know, there for backup. And so the guy says, uh, "We're not drunk." <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> first of all, that's not true. And if it is true. Then there's a pr- there's another problem, right? If it's not alcohol, it's it's you're on something. Pills, who know? I mean, right? It's the real world. Who knows? So he says we're not drunk, and I go, well, you know, it, it, you look to be impaired. And believe it or not, Greg, I try to do things the right way before I have to turn into you know that guy. But I, I no, said, I get it. You're not looking for extra no, problems. God, yeah. God no, especially in these circumstances downtown, because I've been punched and spit yeah. on and attacked yeah. and everything. And I don't know how to fight. I'm not, I'm not a, I, you know, there's the line. It's like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. It's like, I'm not, I'm neither. Like, I'm just, I just go down the middle of, I can't do either one. Well, you know. So you had your muscle nearby. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, and that helps too with the, you know. Mm. So anyway, so the guy says, we're not drunk. We're not intoxicated. I go, okay. I said, well, there's something going on to where I, I just can't let you in, man. I mean, it is what it is and all this stuff. He says, uh, are you, are you afraid of me? Is that what the problem is? I'm like, no, that's not the problem. You know, I, I, I said, I've got guys for that. I said, I think, I just think you're too intoxicated, man. I mean, that's what it is. I have money, you know, outcomes, a stack of money that I should have let him in for half, you know, <laughs> if I could go back. Uh, outcomes, a stack of money this big, you know, to where, and I'm waiting for the, you know, the you don't make any money uh, conversation because that happens too. But I said, it's not about money, man. And I wish I could take it. I go, but I have a responsibility. I mean, you try to go through all the hoops. Was he trying to bribe you or just no, say he was going to put money in the No, deal. I mean, that, like I said, that may have changed the story. He yeah. was just showing me we have money in case you think I don't have money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, uh, listen, man, it's not a money thing. Again, it's just you're an intoxicated thing. I, there's something going on. I don't know what to tell you. Now, keep in mind, this guy's still back in the cut, right? He starts going like this, tapping on the guy's shoulder, his buddy's shoulder, which is just like, dude, let's go. He's going like, dude, let's go. You know, go upstairs. You'll get in somewhere. You're not getting in here. <laughs> so finally, he's got some choice words for me, which are along the lines of, Go blank yourself. Your mom's a blank. Um, all the blanks that you want to so fill in. So he's giving up on getting in. At yeah, this point. yeah. He's, so and that's when you know they yeah. give up is when they start insulting you because they know they're not getting in. So he starts with the insults of, of a mother and everything else, and they start to leave. And as they go up the stairs, and he stops. Right, Greg. It goes up, and then there's the little landing pad, and then there's the second, uh, you know, thing of stairs. He gets up the first flight of stairs, turns around, and I thought he was going to spit on me because that's normally what they do when they get up and they turn around. I'm like, oh, you know, here we go. Here it comes. He looks down at me. He goes, "Uh, nice eyebrows. (laughs) Now. Out of the blue. And now you may, if you're one of the four people watching right now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, why is that even good, or, or what's yeah. the point of the story? And it's, and it's that's the point of the story is that it was so left field with the eyebrow mm-hmm. thing. Caught you off guard. Totally. It not only did it catch me off guard, I went inside and I had to ask every female <laughs> employee that worked there, is there something wrong yeah. with my eyebrows? Yeah. You know, and listen, physically, I find myself disgusting, right? Yeah. But 
if you were to if you were to sit me eyebrows down, wouldn't be one of you really yeah. right it's, yeah. if you were to sit me down and go well listen yeah. a lot of things if you had to pick just one thing that yeah. you're I wouldn't say happy with because yeah. I'm you know unhappy with it but if there's one thing that you can say you're happy with it would probably be eyebrow I'd be like you know what I don't think I have a problem with eyebrows there's mm-hmm. a million my toes you know but this, now this. you got doubt in your head it's oh like my, my god eyebrows. this guy ruined my whole night I'm walking a stranger <laughs> then when I'm working the door I'm like I'll let yeah. you in you tell me what you think of my eyebrows first you know before you can come he inside got you. That he got me so good and then oh, let, I mean I never saw him again have you ever used that on anybody else no Just but I out had, of the blue uh, nice eyebrows nice eyebrows <laughs> dude and that's the that's why I call it the eyebrow story because how can you make that up and how and to look at me or any human unless it's just um you know something so plain to be like nice eyebrows where do you come up with that it really it was i give him kudos because this is a decade ago and i'm still telling the story so you win i guess i don't know so if he's watching right now if he's one of the four (laughs) man we hit oh we're i'm at five over here Thanks uh, for watching. If you know somebody that likes eyebrow no. stories, share this right now. <laughs> if he, if the eyebrow guy that made you insecure mm-hmm. about you, are, first of all, are you or you just blew it off? At this no, point? I mean, I'm actually yeah. okay. Because I would like to tell you, your eyebrows are a little sparse. <laughs> a little sparse, you say. Are what? you doing this to, to, to no, blank I'm with me? No, I'm just saying you're, you, you oh, might God. not have much visible eyebrows. So you may look like um, powder. Or something like that. Oh, I see. They are kind of so, they are kind of yeah, soft. No, I, I like that part I, about me. I do like you? the soft eyebrows, if you will. I'd rather have soft eyebrows than like you know, I guess big bushy. Now, ones. here's the question I have to ask you: yeah. Did you ever shave them at some point? Because eyebrows mm. have a hard time coming back. No, and in fact, I had a phobia about that. That you know, the first one asleep gets some. You know, people shave yeah. something or do something. I was always terrified that one of my friends was going to shave my eyebrows, and then they, and then they would grow back as caterpillars, and then I'd be all, and then and then somebody would have a thing with nice eyebrows, and that's what he meant that they're so faint that he said not, like they're not there oh oh is that what it was yeah, yeah i think because yeah you can't tell you have eyebrows is that what he <laughs> you can't tell i have eyebrows <laughs> no i think in this light is what no, it is oh just god non-existent. man so now i told the eyebrow story because i thought it would be entertaining <laughs> you got over it not because i need and another now, uh, yeah i'd ask more people about your eyebrows can you I'd see ask, my eyebrows i'd ask more people about your eyebrows <laughs> well um listen you know, I'll put a link into this to the thing. You can yeah. check out uh, eyebrows. That'll be the next poll question. That's the eyebrow story. Out of my eyebrows. I'll put together but. some fake ID stories because I'll tell you what, and I don't know if you've ever done this, mm-hmm. but I don't know who's, whoever's done this. I carded what, Modine's. I told you my yeah, dad you, was, you did, the door guy. Did you ever take Modine's. a fake ID? Um, Not enough to remember the enjoyment <laughs> that you get from the face well, of the so person? Well, so there was always an off-duty cop. Who would, if I thought it was suspicious, I'd just hand it to them. Mm-hmm. And then they'd determine, you I, know, where it was. But I'll have to tell you what, because, you know, IDs have come a long way, mm-hmm. is all I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you or your friend, I don't, I don't want to incriminate it. I, I knew a guy once who went into the DMV with someone else's birth certificate mm-hmm. and proof of address mm-hmm. and came out with a over 21 ID mm-hmm. with his face on it because the state just, it, you know, you walk in, he issued it. And that's, a, that's an ingenious way to do it. Yeah, just went in and was yeah. ballsy enough to be like, I lost my ID. Yeah. Or I, so yeah. That, that was a way. But here's the uh, taking an exacto knife 
and mm. cutting out the date of the birth date and basically just putting in another birth date and we would put uh, they. candle wax they they would put candle yeah. wax yeah. over the top mm, and that's uh, interesting. It, it was interesting it worked let me tell you that because a lot of people didn't want most people want to just show me something and i'll let you in well, I mean, I don't know about that. There was a place downtown. You, you were a terrible Denver. door guy. Do you That's remember Calvin's? It, it was a, a a pool hall downtown on 15th. Ooh, Calvin's no. is what it's called. I remember Maloney's. Boy, they they introduced everybody that was underage that wanted to drink. They drank at Calvin's. So the, the the problem with the fake ID stuff with the people I was dealing with is they were buying them online, right? And they yeah. thought this was ingenious because you got. A nice looking ID. Yeah. It's got a you know a sure. watermark and yeah. the, the whole yeah. thing. But there's also because there's because and it's legal that they're mm-hmm. selling them mm-hmm. for certain reasons and they have certain things on them that I'll tell at a future story. That so you would know as good as it looked, you would know like that that it was a fake ID. And I had this move where when I got somebody's ID and I knew it was fake, I'd go like this. I'd hold it out, you know. I'd look at it real close. I'd look at them dead in their eyes, and this is my move right here. I'd go, uh, hold on, let me put this on full screen. So this is my move. So I'm holding the fake ID like this, you know, and uh, I'd go, and I'd put it in my back pocket, and then I'd just stare at them, you know, and they're like, what's up? You know, where's my ID? You know, and I'm like, oh, you're not getting that back. That's mine. You can't do that. Well, sure I can. And at least, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, the law stated that you can actually legally take somebody's ID, whether it's fake or not. Like, even if you came in, you, mm-hmm. this is your ID. I can take it from you if I think it's, you know, fake. Yeah. I just have to turn it into law enforcement with something like within 48 hours or something like that, which, you know, if somebody had that, that good of an ID, man, sometimes you just go like, well, I mean, I might be suspect of it, but I can't, I can't prove it. You know, somebody sure. that looks like me way back in the day, had a fake ID that was just somebody else. So everything yeah. on it w- is good, and if you memorize everything on it, you're good. But it just wasn't. Don't you wonder the about person. fake IDs today? Because most people, you're wearing a mask a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, I would think that. that you pull you, it yeah, down you'd be like, all right, thing. you know, let me see. Uh, one of the best uh, fake ID is obviously Las Vegas Vacation from National Lampoons. Oh, right. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas vacation. Yeah. yeah, and the kid out there on the strip with the. You want to know how my brain works? I can get tell my you, computer. I can get tell you computer. his name from that movie. I can tell you his fake name. I haven't even looked at it you yet. You didn't look at I it. I didn't look. I swear, Nick oh, Papa Giorgio. <laughs> I I just it's from the movie. I can remember it. But he was he was so great because he'd have that huge. There it is. Yeah, and he'd take a picture Nick Papa of Giorgio. <laughs> So, yeah, so like that, so the sample thing that's across the front of that, uh-huh. so the ones you buy online, a little bit like that, but ironically, the way, the way you know instantly that it's fake is because it'll say authentic or it'll say um, genuine, uh-huh. right? They all have a word that the word, ironically, means it's good, but it, real IDs don't put that on there. You know, real IDs, it's a watermark of the city or, you know, something What's like that. What's the best about this fake ID and what he was doing is... Um you remember when it was like, uh, oh, Mr. Papa Giorgio, and he's laying and getting yeah, a massage. And like, yeah, he's winning a, cars a, His birthday stuff. is 0115 of 1965, right? <laughs> so obviously he was much uh, younger than what he should have been in that look, but he was treated. Another movie is uh, Superbad. 
as far as fake IDs go. Yeah, I could tell you that guy's name too. Well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's just a one. No, I don't. I can't remember it right now. What was it? Oh, McLovin. McLovin. Yeah. He's like, why'd you pick? Uh, uh, yeah, he's McLovin. like, why would you pick McLovin? He's like, why wouldn't you pick something like? Or, and he goes, uh, oh, well, I was gonna pick, you know, Mohammed. He goes, but it didn't, you know, that wouldn't work. And and he's like, who would who would do that? You know, and he goes, it's the most common name in the world. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And everybody has a uh, fake ID story. I don't care who you are. I mean, you would think. I'm yeah, sure there's somebody that's like, no, nah, I never did it. Yeah. Uh, what a Friday. We're going to wrap things up from Studio Kitchen Colorado. One of the things that I want to go back and look at is how is your mental state? And really, Jay, right now what we're seeing is pick and choose, you know, pick and choose where you can find some laughter, some humor, some levity in anything. Such a serious world right now and nothing makes sense, but there are people struggling out there. Um, I'm one of them. Jay, I think you're one of them too. Brother Luck, I was watching. Uh, Chef Brother Luck, he's doing a lot of streams. He did an Instagram live yesterday. I watched the whole thing. And um, it's that vulnerability, it's that reaching out, it's that not being afraid. And one of the things that I say right now is in a world that's so disrupted uh, and other people are feeling these types of emotions, now's the best time to reach out to somebody to say, you're not feeling okay because there's a great chance they identify with everything that you're saying. Um, so not that misery loves company, but um, company loves company. Don't be alone, don't put yourself out on an island with your thoughts. Reach out to other people, and if there's that lonely, dark, uh, desperate evening or day, or you just don't know that you can get out of a situation, just know that's the immediacy of that moment and that day. Um, try and do the things that make you feel better. Everybody knows that one. What's the one thing that makes you feel better? For me, it's going for a walk. Just getting fresh air, going outside, getting a different perspective, seeing some other things. That's me. Go for a walk. What's yours? Going to sleep? Um... A shower? You know, a hot shower has been my go-to of Food late. at 2 a.m.? I have a really bad habit of eating all throughout the night. I don't sleep real well. Throughout the night? Throughout the night. Now, this could contribute, too, to my yeah, sleeping problems. Sleep, you know? sure. um, but when I wake up, it's like, you know, I, I want something to do. Yeah. Because I can't sleep, and so I go out and I'll eat. I had some uh, Rice Krispie treats last night, mm. and it's always sweet, not very good. savory. My middle of the night, uh, <laughs> you need eating. that sweet. Uh, it's so sweet. All right, you guys, hang in there. Next week, what's going to happen? Uh, I think we'll continue on with the uh, everyday broadcast. I don't know in what sense, but. Uh, right now, we think it's more important to be out of Studio Kitchen Colorado and in the field. And when we say in the field, it's like, where, uh, where, where can we show you? We, last week, we were at um, Kevin Morrison's place and Fish and Beer, and we went to uh, Alex Armada's place uh, at uh, Sam's Number 3, and we visited with um, uh, Pete, right? It's Pete. Please tell me it's Pete. Oh, Eric? Eric. Yeah. Peterson. Yeah. That's, where you, that's where you got uh, Eric Peterson at Bowl and Bush. Uh, Monday, we're going to go see our friend Chef Dana Rodriguez. Looks that way. Yeah. Assuming everything goes the way it's supposed to go. I think it's interesting. You take a look around, and um, two of the things that we're really trying to, to hammer home right now, and we want that narrative to just uh, change to this if we could, it's equality in business. And equality in business is something that should just be a, a no-brainer. Equality should be with everything, an equal playing field. 
if you will. Uh, what we're seeing right now is it's very hard for restaurants to operate, and we want to show you. We want to show you the cleanliness. We want to show you the struggle. We want to show you the chairs on top of the tables where there would generally be diners. We want to show you what they're doing to pivot or to adjust or to hu a, a new hustle, but we think that we can best highlight that or do that on location. So that's exactly what we're going to try and do all next week. If you have an idea for a show or a guest, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to both both myself and Jay at themoderneater at gmail.com or hit us up on DM, hit us on Facebook, hit us on Instagram, uh, probably Twitter not so much. Do you monitor our Twitter? Um, I do. I, I put content up on it. I don't spend as much time on it as far as grooming as I do Instagram and, and Facebook. But our, our Twitter account, man, you know, if you're, if you're a food and beverage lover, there's a ton of content there too. You can also reach uh, Greg and, and, and myself direct at Greg at themoderneater.com because that's on the screen right now. And then um, if you like me more, then just Jay. Sup supplement J-A-Y. J at themoderneater.com. Have to thank everybody that uh, was on the show today and was patient, too. We had this just a, a hell of a time mm. um, trying to get the live stream up today, which doesn't help with viewership, but they, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but Nick Hoover. Uh, from the uh, CRA, the Colorado Restaurant Association, manager of government, government affairs. It was nice to just go over what that local stimulus was, and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, and uh, really it's not much, but it's, it's what's happening here in Colorado as we wait for the feds uh, to hand down a stimulus package that makes sense. And uh, so thank you, Nick, for joining us. Ben Kronberg, and that was something that we wanted to look into and I think we'll do more of. And it's cooking with comics or cooking with comedians, however you want to do. What do you like better, cooking with comics? I like cooking with comedians better, do personally. Um, but everyone has a sandwich. What's your sandwich, Jay? If, you're gonna make, if you have a sandwich in your mind, what's your sandwich? Mine is uh, turkey. Really? Turkey? Yeah, turkey, and it, this comes from my granny. Um, turkey sandwich. Just a turkey sandwich, whatever turkey you have. She did deli turkey and probably the cheapest stuff you could possibly buy, you know. But uh, nice deli-style uh, thin-sliced turkey. Mm -hmm. um, some nice whole wheat bread with some of, the, like, the nuts and stuff that are oh, in the bread, okay. you know. This is a granny sandwich. Yeah. And um, mayonnaise, not mayonnaise, Mir not, ma yeah, not Miracle Whip. Okay. Mayonnaise, not Miracle Whip. Red onion. And the most important part is iceberg lettuce. And I know there's no flavor. It's just, but just for the texture. And I would put twice as much lettuce as anything else because I like that crunch. I like that sandwich. That's my thing. No and mustard? It, no, and I love mustard, but not on that sandwich. That sandwich is just mayo. Is that granny sandwich? Homage lettuce to granny? That's, yeah, that's what she used yeah. to make for me, you know. Yeah. And then you flip life around, and I was cooking for her at the end. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Not those turkey sandwiches. Mine is rare roast beef, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, on a, uh, I love to do a sourdough, but I'll do a whole wheat. Pff, rare roast beef on a whole wheat. Mm -hmm. And then um, mustard mayo, mm -hmm. lettuce, tomato, mm -hmm. salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. And then you got to put on some... Nice white cheddar cheese. I left out pepper. You're right. She put no salt cheese. and pepper. No I just cheese? put pepper. No cheese. No cheese. No cheese. Sandwiches have to have cheese. That's my no. sandwich. Everybody has a sandwich, but I think comedians have sandwiches too. No. Or anything. And, and, and the, uh, comedian Ben um, Kronberg, who was in today, he said, uh, he's like, man, listen, I actually cook some stuff. You know? like, and I'm like, well, we don't have what time nice for guy. veal scallopini. Yeah. You know, but let's just do some fun sandwiches. He's like, when I was a kid, and so that's what you saw. But 
I think it's a great idea cooking with comedians. Yeah. I like the, the I, I said, well, um, what's it like writing jokes during a pandemic? And he said, uh, well, they're all inside jokes. Yeah. I didn't get it, but that was actually pretty funny. Uh, So thank you, Ben, for showing up today. And I got to tell you what, if you're looking for something fun to do, they're doing comedy downtown. You might be a little cold, but dress dress for warm. You're going to get food and beverages. You're going to watch comedy. It's at 3559 Larimer Street in the alley. You've been in a few hours. And I did show that, uh, by the way, and I'll pop that picture up again, because I did show the picture that, that he brought me. It's just, so here's the picture of them in the alley of what that looks like. Let me see. Um, and it's called the Denver Comedy Lounge. They're seating twos and fours. Um, make a reservation, the Dem- Denver Comedy Lounge at 355 Larimer, and you're going to get uh, sake from Colorado Sake Company, and then sushi from Denver Sushi. Ah, I got some Denver Sushi House, which is great. And um, thank you to William Stewart who is just a great sake and sushi guy. Yeah, there you go. Look up. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That is an alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right Hell, there. that looks pretty cool. I could watch some comedy in there. And what else is going on here? Who else do we have to thank? Philip from 291 Distillery and Little Rich Schneider, our spirit guide. For Jay Parker, I'm Greg Hollenbach. We'll see you Monday when we'll be down at, are we going to be at working class? Working class, that's the plan. Uh, Dana Rodriguez, that's going to be a hit. I'm also talking to Chef uh, Elise Wiggins, too, about doing the same thing over there. And check, she's got a little something going on with a little, uh, little yellow chick. Okay, thank you all for tuning in today on a Friday. Again, um, just try try and keep it together. That's all we can do right now. The holidays are upon us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday at 2 p.m. Not here, but from Working Class with Dana Rodriguez, the Moderate Eater Show. It continues.